Hey, this is Fake AI Dave, and I wanted to give you a quick heads up before we start this week's show. Our guest this week didn't wear headphones while doing the show, so there are times when conversations get interrupted or weird side conversations are going on that make no sense. Dustin was going to edit everything down but got lazy and ran out of time. Sorry for the inconvenience. None of this will ever happen again. Now enjoy the show. Aw, oh, shit. Here we go again. This episode of the is brought to you by Guys Note and Victor Wrench and Plastic Object. The Jerry Jonestown Massacre contains graphic material, including offensive language, partial nudity, and completely ridiculous thoughts and opinions that shouldn't be expressed or shared by anyone. Listener discretion is advised. Now everyone relax your anus, because coming at you from the Temple of Eye, it's the Jerry Jonestown Massacre. Number 535. It is Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. Happy Tuesday, Matt. Dustin, happy Tuesday. How are you doing? I'm well. Are little, you rested? My uh, scrotum is hot. Warm. <laughs> what have you I've been, been doing over scrotum. there before the show? I think it's just the heat. Oh. Just the heat, man. It's, it's, it it's becoming a beating. I, and I went down to San Antonio this last week, so... And still hot for that. That made it warm. I want to yeah. get into that here in a minute. But I want to introduce our guest right off the bat. Let's do it. This is uh, a night that's been long coming. We've been trying to get this going for a long time, but it <laughs> seems like the world didn't want us to do this. I guess not, man. No, yeah, not at all. Stopped us at every turn. Every single turn. Yeah. Um, go ahead. From radio left to right, introduce yourselves. Yeah, so I'm Scott White from Deep Red. I'm Leah Lane from Deep Red. Happy Deep Tuesday, red. guys. How are Happy y'all? Tuesday. Good. Happy Tuesdays. Happy Tuesdays to you. Happy Tuesdays. Deep red. Yeah. Deep red. Not to be confused with deep blue. Or deep purple. Or deep purple. Yeah, yeah. I missed the joke there, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, really, I swung and missed. It gets us real close to deep purple in the record stores. Well, so, when you mix you know, deep cool red and deep blue, then you get deep purple, I guess, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We put them together and boom. There I you wish go. it was an adequate description of the music. It's not, it's even totally close. <laughs> not even fucking close. It doesn't sound like either. No. Or, no. But, I mean, there's probably some deep red or yeah. deep purple influence in there, but like. I never subtle. heard it. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. It's just riffs. <laughs> yeah. The you way know? this came about was 
I got some pretty potent edibles and uh, or did some spirit walking and was doom scrolling. Uh-huh. Saw one of your posts and was like, dude, we haven't had Scott on and forever. And turns out it was even before COVID. It was before it was back in the days of the foo is what we figured out. Right. Yeah. It wasn't even till yeah. like a few. Well, maybe a month, two months ago. I wasn't even sure if you were in public anymore yet. Yeah, if you'd come out, but uh, yeah, Scott, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, seen you at the practice space or yeah. anything. Well, and that then I started seeing that had more to do there. with kind of you know dual, not really doing much. Van Dam, you know, has Reese, so uh, really the only time I was up there was if they needed a fill in for anything they were doing, or and we just started up practices for Deep Red live shows. What, like five weeks ago? Yeah. Something like that. So that's still... And that's how I knew for sure y'all were doing something with Deep Red, was hearing y'all through the walls. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, no way, really? Yeah. yeah. That's play, so... Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So we... Because for the past, like, year... Like, it took us a fucking year, but we were recording with Jim King, and um, went in basically to do five songs, and... You know, we're doing it in the dumbest possible way that you could record a record, which is like, you know, three, four hours at a time, once a week, you know, <laughs> so you count Oh, that sounds like... Sounds uh, very familiar. Dude. That's the spectacle schedule. It was, so, yeah. I've heard that. You're yeah. on the over 40 schedule, it sounds like. Shit. And you're not even close. No, nah, not even there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, would not advise that to bands that are wanting to record quickly. Uh, but or wanting to record it all, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't <laughs> yeah, suggest it's it. It's it's really yeah. aggravating, and also you know, it kills momentum and interest yeah. to a certain degree. You get to a point where you're so frustrated with it that you know it can be it, it can be uh, inspiration zapping. But that's the cool thing about working with Scott is Scott uh, never lacks any inspiration. He will tell you that he uh, does, but he he never yeah. does. He, nah. He's a he's an inspiration for that. So anyway, you keep talking. I just have to, <laughs> no 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 yeah. I, I just brag about you for a minute, but thanks. anyway, keep going. Thanks. This is a very supportive fan space. <laughs> oh. It's very positive yeah. in here. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, that's, that's they try for being as negative as we are. <laughs> but that, that's why we like, started that's kind it. Of the thing. We'll I mean, start bitching about the world here in a little bit. But that's, yeah. that's, yeah. that's totally Might why. Might as well soak it in now. That's, yeah, yeah. That's totally why Scott and I like even started deep red in the first place like you Damn, know he's off. scott um <laughs> posted he's scott, got nude scott posted something on uh instagram and i i only knew scott as like the bass player from duel and um he posted on his instagram story like does anybody even like shoegaze anymore and i Some like it that, was yeah. something like that <laughs> yeah. and i responded with like i do and then we basically ping-ponged band names back and forth but it was, but it was, we got into hilarious deep cuts. It's like, you know, yeah, like, fucking, just, like you went to Mojave Three, you exactly. went to fucking Bardo Pond yeah. and Chapter House, and like yeah. you know, Vulture Space and like Vulture like Space, that. dude, and like, like Swirlies yeah. and stuff like. Yeah, and it was it was really funny. <laughs> it was the drop nineteens that made me know it needed to happen. <laughs> drop nineteen, oh, yeah, yeah. That's and when I, that's when it was love. That's and when like, it, yeah. I can't remember <laughs> doing a band. If it was yeah. you or me, there was like we should do it. Um, yeah, but you know, we how long did it take to go from that point to getting in the same room? Like two weeks. If it was that. real quick, if, huh? if that. Because it was because I mean, we met initially because of a dual show. There was that period of time where it was like prior dual, Sub Sahara and Rose Garden, and we did, every weekend we ran weeks. that lineup so many times because it just like all the bands got along. 
we had really good chemistry. Uh, it was enough variation on set. It just like it always sounded good. We always had a good time together. It was always a good night. And the first time we did it was at Ruins. And uh, was it dual really? use. Yeah, it was at Ruins. It Ruins. It was at Ruins. And we. It's been one of the two times I've ever played. Yeah, no Ruins. shit. <laughs> yeah. Three weeks, um, I guess, has a hold on Rose Garden. Yeah, now. But <laughs> I, can't, I can't play anywhere else. <laughs> but we. Uh, dual used to do that uh, only shallow shallow covers. So the My Bloody Valentine cover. That was at Three Links. I have pictures yeah. of that. No, it wasn't. It was at Ruins. I have pictures of it at Three Links. Well, we did it at Three Links, too, where you sang with us. Oh, okay. Yes, you're right. (laughs) I'm I'm talking about... I'm I'm jumping ahead. You go ahead. It's a band fight. Shut up. (laughs) This is as bad as our band fights ever really get. Um, (laughs) Just talking shit to each other. But, uh, yeah, so we played that cover, and, you know, she was fucking drunk. Comes up and, like, super stoked about it, and just like, it was so bad, blah, 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 blah. And then we, like, you know, she gave me a T-shirt, but it was, like, a large. I'm like... I'm very tall and big, so like this isn't gonna work. She's like, just keep it anyway, dude. Whatever. And about a week <laughs> this later, is my business card. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And like a week hey, that's later, we're that's we're ping ponging bands. And next thing I know, it's like I I had a song that ended up being "Box of Memories" off the EP. Um, I had that song laying around for years, like pre foo I think. Or around the time that the Foo started, mm-hmm. I did that as a demo on like an iPad and tried to start bands with multiple people for a long time. And just nobody was really that interested. And um, that's the intro rocking song. That's like yeah. right after the intro. I mean, there's yeah. an intro on, the, but that's the one that gets everything going. Yeah. So you've had that sitting around for. I had that sitting around and just as just like an MP3 for here you go like, for years and like in the exact same arrangement, really you know, without vocal. Yeah. No, That's awesome. Nothing really changed, but nobody really wanted much to do with it. Um, and I had a really hard time finding band members and people to work with. So when I met Leah and we went down that rabbit hole, I was like, well, hey, I've already got this song. Like, you tell me what you think about this as kind of a direction. And she was like, well, I've got these other kind of riffs and ideas that were laying around. So our first single was actually one that she had written, where basically she sent me a song and I think it, if I remember correctly, it was just like a voice memo. Yeah, it was like, a voice memo of me playing like acoustic guitar and yeah. singing. Yeah. And I remember he like fleshed it out. He like took the song and uh, like broke it apart and basically made it like a full band demo and sent it back to me. And I was working at Sam Ash at the time. Sam Ash is still around. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I remember uh, sitting in my car on a, on a lunch break listening to it and just like weeping because I had spent years like trying to make a band that was never going to be shoegaze shoegaze and the band eventually broke up but finally I was getting to make the music that I always wanted to make and I remember when we first finished Before You Leave the EP uh, I remember saying to Scott it's so cool because I'm in my favorite shoegaze band (laughs) so and it's true. I mean, like, Deep Red is my favorite shoegaze band. I, w- I, I wouldn't qualify this as shoegaze to me. Look, hey, like, it was a pipe dream awesome. to make it shoegaze, okay? So, and no, I, every, with every song. That's not, no offense or anything. No, no, no. It's just freaking yeah. My I mean, shoegaze. Great, I'll take it. I don't, I don't really have a, I don't have a strong personal tie to any genre. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think 
the new material that we just got done recording with Jim, there are one or two songs that are outright, like, there's not really anything else you would call it. It's like, yeah. it's pretty much directly shoegaze, including, like, the song that I think is probably your favorite now, right? Blue Eyes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that, and, you know... But then there's other stuff on there that's just outright heavy. There's other stuff that's almost, I don't want to call it punk because I feel like that's kind of egregious, but like, you know, more upbeat, kind of like that. But mm-hmm. I I don't really pay attention to that when I'm writing. I don't really give a shit. It's, it's kind of one of those things where if we have a good song, we have a good song. If we feel like it's coming together and it feels good, then that's kind of the direction. Yeah, fuck run. the labels. I mean... I love shoegaze, so that's always part of our mentality, right? right? Like, even if I'm writing don't a heavier song, it's like, don't fuck the label. <laughs> don't fuck the label. Keep the label because we keep the labels. We are proudly like shoegaze based. Anything else you want to call us? There you you go. know, it's like that's always kind of the root that's going to be there. That's not going to escape us. Is it weird that I'd put y'all like as a as a happier, happier, funner Deaf Heaven? Happier, happy and, happy and fun is wild to me. Uh, yeah, also, compared to, well, to compared Death Heaven, it's Death just weird. Like, like a weird. It's just a blast wall of sound. That I feel like that there's a fun. lot of other it's not bands evil, it's that not dark. Yeah, we're, we tend to we're like more adjacent like to because yeah. I, I feel That's like I love. as long as you dime your amps, we're in. I feel like yeah. bands more like Swerve Driver and Failure and Torch. I feel like those are bands. I feel like those are bands that we probably. Are closer to than Deaf Heaven. Yeah, I mean, I like Deaf Heaven, but I, I don't really know if there's. I yeah, because like why I said, y'all are happier versions of them. Just to, right, just like that sonic okay, wall like, of sound coming. Across. You're a non. There's, you're a non Deaf Heaven. Deaf Heaven. Well, it's the same thing. Like we've. <laughs> That's like saying we're a non Beatles. Beatles. I mean, what? <laughs> we well, we've also gotten like you know because I've had people in the past when we put the EP out that said like you know and i understand that like everybody's point of reference is different so i think that plays a lot into it but when we put the ep out initially there were inevitable comparisons to like the foo fighters you know i don't get that what? Either, yeah, yeah okay. you don't remember that like wait can i tell a really funny story for like it's two seconds it long? better be fucking hilarious dude <laughs> no so my first band uh let's all laugh my really fir- loud no, so, no don't but my first laugh track ready my, to go my first band uh the the guy I was saying at the time he was like I was like we're a psychedelic band we're a psychedelic band and he was like I don't really think you guys are I think you guys sound more like the Foo Fighters mm-hmm. and huh. I called my guitar player at the time and I said hey um, I quit I quit <laughs> <laughs> and he Fucking said out. he yeah. said he said why and I said because if we sound like the Foo Fighters I'm in the wrong I have fucking failed. band <laughs> I have failed and so I, I couldn't calling. that that's news to me that we no that was there. like the first article written about us what's wrong with you people <laughs> that's y'all had an that was in an article too mm-hmm. that y'all sound like foo fighters yeah. what was it, was which that, i mean but here's that? the thing i had just gotten out of the these music writers relative, today man i mean it's not it to me it's but not you were a, in duel yeah but like <laughs> i i hadn't been in duel for that long really i think it was like five or six months and um my attitude towards it was this like look if if you're gonna compare us I take it as a compliment of like their arrangements are great, the band is good. Yeah. I, I don't mind being compared to a good band. Yeah, that's right? a good mentality to have. There you go. Yeah, yeah but like works. if you're but if you really want me to like like you and ingratiate yourself to me, tell me it sounds like failure and then I'm like, "Oh yeah, cool, thanks." <laughs> well, in. when I show it to people, you know, like I showed it uh, to Allie from Bootblacks. Yeah. Who's, you know, Allie her, Bootblacks fucking rule. <clears> they're the a, they're a goth band that Rose Garden plays a lot with and yeah. Her husband is the drummer, 
And he used to play with Asabi Seksu and all these different shoegaze bands. And I sent it to them, and the first thing that they came back with was like, wow, it sounds a lot like Torch. And I was like, if you look at the album yeah. artwork closely, you'll see that Scott's I'm wearing, wearing torch. a Torch t-shirt. Yeah. He tried to yeah. cover it up, but I was like, man, that's a Torch shirt. I mean, I wasn't trying that hard. It was a jacket. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I wear that pretty heavily because I, I, Torch was a, a really big band for me. That was around the same time that, like, I had gotten in you know toward like towards the end of high school i had always been into like death metal and really any kind of metal i'm, I'm not picky yeah. i like power metal i like death metal black metal any kind of metal you give me i'm good um why well, listen to music i mean there's more metal coming out we <laughs> fucking tangent a little bit but like i i went out and played a a rose garden show in new york um and it's this goth festival that's happening it's really exciting. We're in this room. We're hanging out with all these bands that we it's haven't It's back on Bootblex. It's back. Back on Bootblex. And so we're we're fucking sitting in the in the green room and they're all having this conversation. So it's me in a room full of goss and they're all talking about, you know, I just don't understand guys that like only listen to metal. You know <laughs> what I mean? All, were they all looking down at the floor while they talk? No, no, no. No, no. no, no. It's no. Uh, That's the funniest thing. Like I I had a lot of assumptions about Goss, like I'd been to the church before, I'd hung out with Goss, you know, but like Goths are so fun, but not in like a large concentrated group of them, other than like the most church. of the people yeah. who listen to Goth music don't, e- or most of the people who play Goth music don't even listen to it. Sweet like, like, babies, like I like walked into that. That's true. I walked into that room, yeah, and with Scott and my other bandmates in tow, walked into a room full of Goths that were not talking to each other, all looking, you know, on the, at their phones, and I just went, hey. So who here likes Van Halen? <laughs> like, everybody like perked up and like started chatting with each other. Who's putting on fuck Panama, dude? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but that was the big thing because they're talking shit about like you know, well, who just sits around and listens to metal all the time? I'm like me yeah. because there's a subgenre of metal for every other genre of music. So it's like I don't give a shit what style of music you're into. I yeah. have a version of metal for that that's more exciting. There's more sh- subgenres of metal than any other music yeah. out there. Once it's, upon a time, the there was a podcast that was jelly. just going to focus one show a month on, on sub-genres. subgenres. But that it, fart, nautical yeah. funeral doom is probably my favorite. Fucking Ahab. You sound like Germany. David O'Hearn now. I mean, dude, it gets <laughs> it gets ridiculous. Like, yeah. there's it gets crazy. There's like jazz grindcore. If you mm-hmm. look at like Redlink, yeah. you know. We're getting into tangents, but yeah. Point being, <laughs> green metal, white metal. That's kind of the thing I think with deep. <laughs> What's red, the though? white metal? Is that the Christian metal? Cr- the Christian white metal. White yeah. metal instead of black it, metal. It's, it's the white metal. Opposite of black metal. But yeah. it's yeah. That's what rose garden is. They also refer to it as dog shit. Um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> my, I'll retract my. There's too much white hope. metal. Yeah, no, <laughs> I said hope. that's what rose garden is. You can't have light at the end of the show. Yeah, my bad. Too much hope. You can't play black metal with the light at the end of the tunnel. Please redact that from the record. Yeah, yeah. Too late. Can we go back and delete? It's official. Fucking live. Library of Congress. It's in there. Um, no, but that, I mean, I think it's it's impossible for me not to hear the influence that Metal's had on writing for Deep Red. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's there. I mean, that's... For sure. But no it's question. but it's like a lot of it's very places you wouldn't necessarily expect. Like, one of my favorite bands of all time is Enslaved, which is... Uh, like Norwegian black metal band. Didn't they just but, come into town? Yeah, they just came they through. They did, and, and it was fucking sick. Yeah. Oh, did you go? I went, dude. I did the VIP thing for was it and that, everything. That's one of my favorite bands. I love them. They weren't part of the the uh, Cannibal show, right? No. So the Cannibal, I don't remember who came with Cannibal last time, but I know Cannibal's coming with Gorgut soon, and that's going to be fucking okay. Um, but that band, I, a lot of the way that I learned how to play guitar, because if you listen to Deep Red, a lot of it is like 
from a guitarist perspective is I'm always trying to find the weirdest chord that I can make work in songs. Right. And Mm -hmm. as many of those as I can connect together and, uh, enslaved always would layer weird chord over a weird chord. Right. And so if I just mix that with elements from all the shoegaze bands that we listen to, like drop 19s and swirlies and fucking, you know, chapter house. Uh, yeah. Especially chapter house, shit like that. Like the more kind of swirling multiple guitars doing multiple, just totally varying stacks things. upon stacks right. of guitars. So a lot of our songs have, uh, and it's this, this has been a pain in the ass for, you know, Jim King and Michael Briggs and myself doing demos a lot of our songs typically have five to six, maybe seven guitars going all at the same time, and they're all doing different things. That so, sounds like my flavor. That's what I love. We understand this. Pain, we love that. It's a pain in the ass, but it's like, yeah. but that's just kind of the way my brain works. Is like if you take any one riff out of it, I think most of them are kind of boring. Yeah, you know no, what no, I mean. But, but it's you like layer them on top of each other, and it's art. Yeah, and I hear that's our ice machine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so who's knocking at the fucking door, man? That's our AI ice machine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. She's skittish, bro. A ice any machine. Second. Our A ice machine. Yeah. 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 Um. So, I want to. I want to get in this. We kind of started talking about it before the show, but I was like, no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Because okay, so y'all are getting together. Y'all are getting things going. Y'all record this EP with Briggs, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Michael Briggs, up at Civil uh, Love Civil you, Audio up in Denton. Um. Y'all did before you leave. Mm-hmm. Y'all got it all prepped, ready to go, and the fucking world shut down. Yeah. And I, I remember this clearly because I went out on a photo shoot one night of shooting all the venues in Fort Worth, empty, like yeah. when there was no one on the streets, there was no one in the parking lots, and I was just like, you know, this is a moment in time. I'm gonna go sh- driving around Fort Worth from Billy Bob's to Mass to Lola's, everything. Yeah. Just, it's Friday night. Just it's dead. empty and it's dead. Yeah. And Fort Worth is dead. But I had y'all's. EP on repeat and must listen to it like nice. six Aww. times that night. Awesome. Because it was dude. it was great. And it was kind of like in a weird way, like the soundtrack of what was going on like at that time while I was running around shooting. Well yeah, and like yeah. we had we had no great. idea, like even like the title before you leave, like looking back on it in hindsight is so um I guess apropos. <laughs> like <laughs> apropos nice uh, like, word. Uh good pull, it's, dude. It's uh, good pull, dude. <laughs> no, I just mean, you know, it's it's kinda like uh, you know the the Peter Murphy album title. Should the world fail to fall apart? It's right. like when you look yeah. back on when that album came out and like the, how just kind of poignant that album title is in hindsight. It's it's kind of the same with Before You Leave because we named Before You Leave before the world fell apart. So it's like I don't know. I, I think it's kind of cool. It's like hey, just one last thing yeah. before everything changes. Well, when that happened. Did it piss you off? Were you kind of relieved because you're trying yes! to get this going? Yes, no, it no, no, pissed no. us off. And yeah, what? yeah, but like, it was. It... So for me, it kind of landed <laughs> in this weird. I'll sit you're back, fine. but like the pandemic no. is a dark mark on my soul. I had yeah. so there's a lot much. of people like it was, that, man. Oh. Well, I mean, it's well, understandable. You know, it murdered so much. Yeah. It did. It totally did. Well, but here's the thing. And if you have momentum going, and you just hit a wall, I'll be honest. I so. A lot of, um, and I think this comes through, especially when you kind of listen to any of the lyrics that we have, or especially some of the new material that we're going to be putting out. Like, a lot of it is pretty indicative of like 
I I have the tendency to be cynical. I have the tendency to be a pessimist for sure. Yeah, and it's and that's what I'm saying. So it's like we're all circling the drain. I I work on that a lot. It's it's one of my that is going to be one of my life's missions is to like try and fight my way out of that because I'm I'm a very like existential Man. crisis kind of not not mad like i care a lot but, but I, you don't have to work your way out of it it's cool people need i want to, to avoid depression. i want to though it's to a, it's, avoid it's, depression you want well to i'm not gonna to. i'm not ever gonna avoid depression that's like that's a chemical thing i've got that's not going away but when it happened i had already had about 10 years prior to that of everything i had ever tried to do musically going wrong in some capacity. If that meant, you know, getting a band, we're just about to record, we've been playing shows, it finally was getting good, we write a great song for the first time, and then it breaks up a week later. Right, yeah. I start another band, we write a bunch of songs quickly, it's starting to go okay, and then we break up. And then it's mm. like, I had a couple years I didn't play at all, then I did cover bands, and the whole time I was doing cover bands, I was trying to find people to work with on anything original. Because I was writing the whole time. And I write a fairly large amount of shit and I just couldn't find fucking anybody. So, you know, Duel had an opening. Belvedere asked me to do it. So I went and did that, but I was always like, I always felt like I was the fill-in guy. I was the guy that you called if you just need somebody to learn your songs in a week and come in, play, and do it consistently. I was reliable. When that happened, just getting to the point where we had recorded it in the first place was a fucking nightmare. We basically... Wait, uh, before you leave? The recording of Before You Leave. Okay. The experience of recording it with Briggs was such a blessing to me because it was like, I think we did the entire thing in three days. Nice. Right? And like, the entire thing was such a wonderful experience. I had such a good time with like, Briggs and I had a whole day that was just dedicated to overdubs. And we basically just went through and like tried to use every I at one point was like just trying to use everything in his house so there's banjo on the record there's just all you know there's all kinds of shit there's a harmonica going through a Marshall at one point like just dumb shit mm-hmm. and um, I had such a good time doing that but I am a person that's always ready for the other shoe to drop so we dropped the record central tracks getting behind it you know and in a big way like I think they did like three articles on our release for it uh, yeah, Friedman was really into it. Friedman was super into it. Spicer was super into it. Garrett Gravely was super into it. And, like, all of y'all, if you ever hear this, I love you all. Thank you so much. But it um, – and that was huge for us. And for me personally, as somebody who had never really been recognized for the things I had done – and that's what I've been working on since I was 13. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a songwriter. I didn't give a shit about being a good guitar player. I just wanted to write good songs. So to finally – have that recognized for any period of time and then like a week later the world shuts down i'm working from home Mm. we had a show booked at one point um and it was yeah i mean it it hurt a little bit you know the coolest part about like deep red uh for me is just like like i'm in uh another project that takes up just as much if not a little bit more project Another project. Rose Garden it's Funeral just a Party. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm in, yeah, yeah. I'm in Rose Garden Funeral Party. Uh-huh. And Rose Garden uh, is, uh, like, when I when I write for Rose Garden, I, I have to be very intentional with the way that I frame 
situations of heartbreak. Like I have to make sure that there's kind of this undercurrent of hope in all the negativity um, because Rose Garden's kind of ethos and mantra is this like, be kind to each other, we love you. It's, it's like, it's more about healing and forgiveness <clears throat> than anything else. And one of the greatest things about being in Deep Red with Scott, and I was, I was kind of attempting to touch on this earlier, but I kind of lost my point. But Deep Red is, is different. Um, I, like, I often describe it as like Rose Garden, the way I write in Rose Garden is kind of like from a, from a position of hindsight, like after you've calmed down a little bit. And you can see both sides and you can recognize like where you kind of might have done better and, and it's from a standpoint of forgiveness. Deep red is the immediate reaction. And so when you're talking about like COVID <clears throat> and how all of that went down, it actually created like for Scott and I, like kind of a hotbed of of creativity because you know, we both were so heated with emotion, which led to a lot of creativity from him and a lot of lyrical inspiration from me. Because with Deep Red, I feel like I can basically write about my knee-jerk reactions to things. So, you know, the lyrics in Deep Red are, are, are much darker and, and, and much more, um, I don't know, I guess cynical than Rose Garden could ever be. And it's, yeah. it's really wonderful to have that outlet. And when Scott and I started the band together... You know, that was kind of our our agreement. We're like, we want this band to be therapy for the two of us. It's reactive. It's it's reactive therapy, so it's kind of like, you know, so Scott and I had a really close... We're both sensitive fucking babies, yeah, and so we, it's like... We had a really yeah. close, super personal connection as people, like, right off the bat, because I was learning... Like, in order for us to write these songs... I had to know the, the worst things that had ever happened to Scott, and Scott needed to know the worst things that had ever happened to me. And so we kind of had this, like, um, immersion therapy well, that was, kind of thing. Well, I think that, was the, most, that yeah. was the most interesting period of this whole project was, like, um, we had... Because we came together, we didn't know each other at all. Like, we, and had, like, we and met it was once like, at a show. And we, yeah, and we know? got together and we sat in my apartment, and we just, for lack of a better term, trauma-bombed each other. For like hours, like <laughs> trauma bomb. Well, I, like I mean, that. dude, I like it was it was kind of like I've mean, heard that. I like that. I like that. It was weird. Term. Yeah, <laughs> trauma weird. bomb. That's wild. Like, yeah, so you're that open and that yeah. because we're yeah. we're, doing that. we're both like we yeah. were both I think looking for that outlet. Yeah. And it and it's not like we had agreed like okay so you're gonna come over and we're gonna talk about all the worst things that's ever happened to us <laughs> right. and then we're gonna make a. A song. It's like it just kind of started to happen. Like we like had a few beers, and like I was like, "Yeah, well, this happened to me," and he's like, "No, dude, you know something similar like happened to me." And like yeah. you know, also you know, we're we're both um, like he said, like really sensitive. And so you know, upon reading my lyrics, Scott got an insight to be like, mm, "I should ask her about that." And when I read his lyrics, I was like, mm, "I should ask him about that." And well, that's that's kind of the craziest thing. So if you read the lyrics to "Over and Gone," off before you leave that mm -hmm. song in particular was so one of the verses and the chorus like i think the the first verse I, is you the second verse is me right so it's like that's kind of a thing that we do a lot is there's typically a verse that relates directly to something that happened in my life or a chorus that'll relate directly to her life but then the next verse is about a totally 
separate event, but that was kind of that shared well, what's emotion behind it. What's you know? interesting about Over and Gone is like the first verse in Over and Gone is about, That's still my favorite song. About, about his like attachment to a person. And then the second verse in Over and Gone is about my attachment to substances. Yeah, and so it's kind of like addiction in in its in its kind of multiple forms, and that's been the coolest thing is that you know whether even if our our situations are different, I we can find this commonality in in the actual like root of the issue, and and yeah. and write from that. So like you know even if it's like fear of death, he can write like about his fear of death from his perspective, and I can hear his perspective and say, yeah, no, I completely understand what you mean. Here's where I come in with that. Yeah. And it's it's a really, really th- cool thing. I mean, Deep Red is more than just a band. I mean, Deep Red is therapy. like it, and, and in, the, in the worst, least professional sense of the term. Right, absolutely. <laughs> That's kind I of mean, awesome. Though. But, it, but yeah. it's so much more, because like, I've described Rose Garden the same way, but like Rose Garden is methodical. Like, I, like I, I can't be really negative with that band, because I'm trying to portray a different message. So, like, Deep Red really has provided this, like, space for me and I'm so grateful to Scott for making music with me because it's it's so raw and so um yeah like reactive I think it, I think it was the band whores that had the catchphrase fucking you know good times bad vibes <laughs> and that's kind of like that's kind of the thing it was it was a really weird period getting to know each other because that was like we would literally meet up and if we didn't have ideas for lyrics or melodies or new songs or anything we would just be like okay let's talk and for hours we would just sit there and drink and listen to music and just talk about the worst shit that had ever happened to us and it was this weird kind of like you know you should have started a podcast well, and what's really cool about it <laughs> i mean is we like, you know we did we just took what, a different direction we just really, added guitars right what, what's really that's a cool way of putting it what's yeah. really cool about it too is like we just happen to like flow in that way really well. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not an overly like, Oh my God, I can't believe that happened. I feel like if either one of us had been that way, the other person would have not been able to <laughs> open up. Out, yeah. But you know, like we both were like, man, that sucks. That was also like, and, I, and it was able <laughs> to, it, you were and like, to me, I'm able to open up to people a lot easier when they don't, flip out when I tell them how bad things have right. been. And I think Scott's the same way. So it's like, you know, Scott and I can tell each other like really dark stuff and the other person will just be like, damn, you want another beer? That makes it so much easier. And, and having that openness with your writing partner, it just frees you up. Well, yeah. I mean, I've never been in a band where I wrote with somebody ever. Yeah. This is my first collaborative project ever. And I told Scott that from the beginning. I was like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. But for, it is never once in the what four years that Deep Red's been a band. It's like five now. Five years that Deep Red's so. been a band. Yeah. It has never once been awkward, been difficult, been stilted. Mm-hmm. It's never once felt like we were disconnected in any way. I remember one time I was going through a real, real bad time. And I showed up Just like a week ago. No, no, no. This is this <laughs> know, is the, the Phil Collins night. Oh, not yeah. the Phil Collins. And I I showed okay. up just wasted, and then got more wasted. And yeah. Scott was like, was like, what's the song about? He goes, it's about my fear of death. I go, all right. And I like wrote out all these lyrics and just like banged it out in about an hour, and then almost got Scott kicked out of his apartment complex. Is there for any us. correlation 
to, to Phil Collins. Collins. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. what I was supposed to say. I stood on the balcony of Scott's apartment complex, and everybody was walking back from parking their cars and went, "Hey, do you like Phil Collins?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too. So like, is that it? That's the- there's no correlation in the song because. No. Damn. I'm not allowing that. But uh nobody but that's just like an example of like it's like even on my worst night, like even when I'm like completely off my game and super upset, I can still come in and create with Scott effortlessly. And I I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. Well I think that's kind of the point of the band too. Like it's supposed to be a reflection you know, and I have a hard time I'm an open book if it's a personal conversation with just like one person at a time and like you know, um, I'm extremely open with people. I don't have any problem telling anybody anything, but musically, as far as lyrics or anything like that, I always had a really hard time not just being hyper vague about things, you know, using almost <laughs> like the torch method of like, you know, nonsense basically that if there is any meaning, you're digging through it or like, um, and so that was actually one of the few rules we gave the band was like, if you're going to write lyrics, like it, it's okay if, to be vague, but like the concept needs to be understood. So well, it's the, also, you know, cool that he got the least vague lyricist in the entire world. Well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't, I, so, I hate metaphorical lyrics. I've always said like, she's got the Tolkien issue. She hates metaphor. Well, I, I have the Bukowski. <laughs> That's deep cut for I, the I, nerds. No, I have the Bukowski thing. That's not like, such I, a bad thing. I, like, like I get sick of hearing sorry. songs about demons in our Dude, head and stuff like I that. Really yeah. like Everybody it. gets sick of that shit. It's the same point. phrases over and yeah. over. Well, when yeah. I was a, when I was a kid, I, I was severely dyslexic and I really wanted to be a good reader. So, I read like all these classics and I had no direction of what I was supposed to read. And my first boyfriend gave me Post Office by Bukowski. And I read that book uh, when I was 17 or 16. And I felt like it was the first time someone was just being fucking honest with me. Yeah. I was like, thank you. Leah, when did you start writing music? When I was 11 years old. Was it dark? Was it, or not dark? Would it, was it uh, not your cliche crap back then? Were you still straight to the point with your emotions and feelings on, on what no, you were writing at 11? I, I don't no, feel like anybody starts there, no, right? Because, like, yeah, I, don't, I, I was trying really hard to, to Dad be, grounded me and I'm mad about it. Well, well I was like, <laughs> I was trying really hard to, to write, like, psychedelic music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I I didn't at mean... At 11? I, yeah. How? She's okay. a fucking nerd. Well, because my, my favorite bands... <laughs> yeah. my She's favorite, reading Post... What yeah. would you say you were reading in, at the age of 17... Post office. Post office. But, so, like, yeah. but my favorite bands when I was like 11 were like Pink Floyd and the Beatles and the Brian Jonestown Massacre and the Dandy Warhols and Black. At 11, you were listening to Dandy Warhols. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and like, so I was trying really hard to write psychedelic music. And, but so like, I mean, I didn't mean anything I was saying. Like, and I didn't really start writing music that like I meant until I was probably about 14. Um, but I, I've shown every song I've ever written to my dad. And I remember every be, song, every song I've ever written. My dad's been the first one to hear it. That's cool. And I, I remember That's being cool, dude. I remember I being shout out Leah's dad. Shout out dad. Leah's yeah, dad. Yeah. Listen to Leah's this podcast. Dad's I said the F word. Uh, <laughs> but so, you know, I like I would go show my songs to my dad. And um, my dad gave me the best songwriting advice that I've ever been given in my entire life. And I think about it every time I write a song. He said, Leah, if the melody isn't so coherent and catchy that a mother who can't really sing can't hum it to their baby and it be recognizable, it's not a good song. 
You know, so wow. like you think about like long, Latin- eloquent way of saying nursery rhymes are the way to go. Well, every no, time. it's it's more yeah. like you, it's, oh, it's it's good advice. It's like the best advice. So like when I would come to my dad with like a song with like a wandering melody or a song with a monotone melody, my dad would be like, would would say it's good. You need to go back and work on your structure. It's good, and you need to go back and work on your melody. And um, I I learned pretty much everything that I know now about songwriting and singing with any kind of conviction from my dad and Patsy Cline. And that's like Patsy Cline and my dad taught me the same thing, which is to sing with conviction and, and to sing like you're talking to the person that's listening and uh, to, to structure your songs in a coherent and, and understandable way. Um, and that's honestly what I like a lot about what Scott and I do. You Seeing know, like coming at shoegaze from a perspective, yeah. coming at shoegaze from a perspective that is structured and has pop sensibility, is um, is something that's really cool. And it, it's not done a lot, you know. Um, and uh, I think that's what makes Deep Red, or that's one of the reasons why Deep Red is as special as it is. Is we kind of approach things from a really weird. Uh, not weird, but I guess unconventional angle with uh, in this type of genre, I guess. That's cool. That's a lost art. <laughs> we're fucking. That's, that's cool. so sorry. You guys with, put us on with podcast. Modern we're music. Talkers, I think, no, no, no. I think with modern you. music, with modern music, yeah. that's kind of a romance f- of of music that is kind of lost, especially in top forty. Like it's all we're singing to the masses. Oh, I agree. There's not much of we're singing to one person and yeah, we're direct. No. That's, that's a very cool uh, well, way you, of looking at you, like, writing your music. You ever, I remember the song that like really, I was like probably 14 and just getting into Patsy Cline and her song, um, If You've Got Leaving On Your Mind. The way that she says, hurt me now, get it over on the last chorus. She goes, hurt me now, get it over. Yeah. And oh, it's dude. like that hesitation and mm-hmm. it's like, She's she's feeling the emotion and she's talking to him. She's like, just do it already. Yeah. And like I I heard in that moment because my dad used to tell me he's like you're not singing to anybody. He's mm-hmm. like you're writing these songs, you're writing these lyrics. But when you portray the song, your 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 emotion in your voice is dead. He's like you've got good intonation, you've got good pronunciation, but you don't sound like you feel it. Well, that was, you, that's yeah that's like the biggest thing too when we started working on all of this material because i wasn't like i wasn't previously aware of rose garden until we played with them at the time so there was no like i didn't have any preconceptions about who she was what she did i saw her live and went hey that person can fucking sing really well that's tight rose garden's pretty damn good pretty goddamn good yeah, and it's pretty damn good. yeah it's a pretty good band um pretty decent band Thank and you. we, you know, so it was one of those things where, like, I saw this person that, you know, just sang really well. And then when we started working together, I kind of realized that my favorite thing about working with Leah generally was, you know, the empathy involved in actually, like, hearing each other out, meeting in the middle of experience, but being able to relay those experiences. Almost like, do you guys ever read Cyrano de Bergerac? I have not. Okay, I've, so I've talked to people about it. But. This was like I had to read the shit in school when I was in like eighth grade, but I fell in love with it. It's um, so it's a play that I think is weirdly kind of what we landed in, where it's like this dude who's ugly because he has a massive nose gets a more attractive person to speak his words mm-hmm. to the girl he's in love with, but she ends up falling in love with the guy because of the words 
not the actual physical appearance, right? So it was like this kind of weird Cyrano de Bergerac thing where it's like, I don't have what I consider to be a great voice. Like, I'd sing on a couple of our songs. It's in the background on a lot of shit or like one verse here or there, but like, it's fine, you know? But I never felt confident enough to be the singer. Mm -hmm. And meeting Leah and starting to work with her was like, it's like meeting your kind of musical peanut butter to jelly. You know what I mean? It's like, sucks. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Uh, It's the one compliment you get this year. Uh, But like it's, it is, it was this weird, like I didn't know that it was going to fit. He beats me when you guys are. That's true. Well, I shouldn't laugh at that. As often as This is all for show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but it but it was weird. It was really weird to finally get that first song done because I think once we got that done, you never know how it's going to sound until you actually just get something on tape, you know, so to speak, tape, and yeah. like listen back to it and go like, oh shit, we actually have something here that's like our first single was literally something we just. I recorded all the instruments in my bedroom. I went to her apartment with my laptop, tracked her vocals. And like one other guitar, and that's the single. Like we didn't, nobody recorded that. It's fake drums. It's fucking, you know. Where did? I'm just trying to figure out the timeline here. Yeah, yeah. It, it keeps hitting me in the head. Where did this fit with Futureless? The last duel record. I think it was right. It was before Futureless had come out that so we started. Were, that we started working that y'all started together. Started working together right before Futureless. And I think okay. Before You Leave came out after Futureless had come out. Okay. So it was like a little bit after that. Okay. Because we had already done release shows for Futureless and all that. Um. And I couldn't remember, and I was looking at dates on like the singles y'all put out before the yeah. EP, and then everything, and I was like, "Man, it all kind of runs together right there." And I couldn't remember. Yeah, like, yeah, it's how it's that it rolled out. I think well, those couple of years were pretty busy. Yeah, so it's also kind of hard to keep track of all that for me too. But like, that was kind of a rush for me, and also, you know, getting asked to be in Duel. I apparently you were asked to be in Duel because you have a big hog. That's what we're being told. That's from a fucking the, lie, bro. Uh, don't talk. Don't <laughs> That's what a fucking. We're being told from the chat room right there. Who Nick said Russo that? Said, uh, oh, there was a big hogs only rule. So that's why you're. You made the cut. I didn't even realize there was Russo. like a chat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, well, he's he's tugged on it one too many times to know, but <laughs> he should know it's moderate to average. But who said that? Nick? Russo. Oh, Nick Russo. I love yeah, you. We, we love Nick Russo. I love you, Russo. But, uh, I love you, Nick. Best fucking dude. But being asked to be eh. in... Who the fuck well, is see, now, Garden Funeral Party? See, here's what's... <laughs> Do you see that? <laughs> here's the fucked up part. Now I'm going to say anything about Duel and it's going to sound disingenuous because I saw Nick was talking in here. But being asked to be in Duel, because I liked Duel a lot prior to that, but Belvedere and I actually worked together. Um, and our first meeting, like the first time I met Belvedere and, and Dodie, I met them first, I think... I think like timelines get kind of fucky there too, but like met them first and it was actually under some, a little bit of duress. Like it was not a, not the most comfortable of situations. Um, there was, they pulled guns. On I had you? a roommate. Like, there was conflict. Oh, okay. It's, it's a whole story, but like but it wasn't like, conflict with me. Like, I was trying to break up a potential thing. I mean, if Dodie drew down on you, I totally get it. I, I no, 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 I get it. no. No, Dodie, Dodie is my brother. We were up last night playing Diablo four together. Um, fucking Dothmir, but we Dothor. Well, it was Dothor initially, but now it's Dothmir. I know, I'm impressed. It's tight as fuck. Um, <laughs> he told me that the other night. He was all proud of himself. Yeah, yeah, he's super happy about it. But Dothmir. Being mm-hmm. asked to be in duel was was um, 
one of those things because I had already showed Belvedere like the fucking box of memories demo again like didn't have Lee on it I just was showing him like this is the shit I've got just laying around and he was like that's all cool and so he knew that I played he had seen you know all those guys had seen the foo at some point we'd played with Harkonnen for the Weezer show that kind of shit yeah um so it was kind of a mutual awareness but Matt do you remember that Weezer show with Harkonnen at uh, Three Links I do that was a good night I threw him a hat yeah I just wonder if you remember much of it it was a real good night. That was a great night. I had, yeah. I, I had a few pops that night. Yeah. I will say. <laughs> we being in being in duel was fucking for me one of the best confidence builders I think I've ever had cuz I it's a fucking fantastic band. Well, it's a fantastic band, but it's not just that. It's like those guys you know don't I like them because with their critiques and with their um with their you know, we'll call it constructive criticism, but anytime you hear an opinion from those guys, you know, it's a hundred percent real. And that to me is hyper important because as somebody who's, you know, a pessimist and, and kind of believes the worst about my own shit. Like I, I don't like compliments. It makes me uncomfortable. You're so, so pretty and so smart. Motherfucker, if you don't so shut <laughs> up. You're such an awesome bass player. And you're so and intelligent. Man, I like your hog. And you're I really funny. You. Bruce, I like my hog. But, But being in that band was a weird confidence builder because I didn't have a lot of confidence as a musician at a high level. Yeah. So to get in that band and, like, really deliver on what they were doing and really click with it made me feel great. And and I love love that band. I love those guys. Those are – that's my fucking family till I die. As a weird little uh, 10-year anniversary fact since we've been doing this show for 10 years. Yeah. The first real band we had on the show that we didn't know anybody in, yeah, was Duel. Right, that's great. And right after Back to Drunk came out, because I, like, I, I was at that release party. I was yeah. like, these guys fucking rule. Mm-hmm. This one, Forrest was playing with them, and I was like, we gotta have these guys in. Shout this, out Forrest. This album's fucking rad. Yeah, yeah. I loved everything about it, and they were the first band we had on the show that we didn't know anybody in the band. Yeah, well, and that's that was the thing. So like, you know. Um, well, personally, I mean, we'd seen Dodie with House Arcona right. a million times, but we hadn't like been buddy see. Buddy and that was the thing; I didn't know Dodie at all. Joining joining Ben now, he's he's playing bass for Deep Red, which is probably going to be weird because I think everybody's used to seeing him on guitar. So it's like he wanted to do bass. I offered to switch. He's doing so. Good. If anybody if anybody asks, I offered to switch because Dodie fucking rules, but he's doing great. Uh, and Doty is also kind of my my translator a lot of times like my emotional translator but um duel was really important for me man like i i love those guys a lot i love those songs i love that band very mm-hmm. much so um that was a really important kind of transition for me because prior to that it was all cover stuff which as fun as it was was never satisfying in any way emotionally for somebody who's like going home and writing you know, two or three songs a week and you've just got this backlog of material just fucking sitting around doing nothing. It's frustrating to go and play cover shows frequently and you know, right. it's, it's yep. like yeah. So and it's better. Yeah. But it's it's not it's not fulfilling. It's not I mean yeah. and to me that trade off it's like the fucking you know, unless you're doing it on a degree where Full it's time, like, yeah. that's your job. You know what I mean? I 
I don't have a particular problem with cover bands like a lot of guys do in bands. Like, I think it's a great way to get stage experience. It's a great way to learn your instruments. It's a great way to learn composition for how other bands do things. So, it's cool in all of that. But from if you're somebody that wants to be creative and write, I think it's one of the worst things you could do to yourself yeah. for long periods of time. And the food would run its course well before we admit because it. the problem is if you're in a really good cover band then you're being booked all the time and you don't have time Dude, to, to work, work on, on your, your shit. yeah, yeah. well that's that was what sucks that was the thing too so we did you know we did the food we had that period with doing the system of down cover band too which i got made fun of plenty of times for all of that too but like why We've done it a couple times. Yeah, Respect to is great. Dudes are elitist. You know, yeah, it happens. Whatever. It's and, and like I get it. It's like the cover band thing is corny. I get it. I'm not. But I'm the, not blaming anybody shitting on how it. How many but, times did y'all do System of a Down? Y'all did them at the Halloween shows, dude. We did more than that Halloween shows. We did, did y'all really? Yeah. Oh yeah, because we did the fucking we did the Granada at one point. Oh, I didn't know y'all to did like Granada. a packed out Granada. Y'all did uh, the Fort Worth whatever. We probably Fort Worth Fest Rock We didn't Rock do nearly as much as we did for. Uh, for Foo Fighters, but we played like one show where we did all of Toxicity plus another ten songs. Yeah, just fucking stupid. Never do that. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, I grew up learning guitar by playing that shit. So for me, it was you know again, yeah. it was like you know it's fine. But I I felt very um, relieved to be at a certain point in a thing that was like. I, you know, I was hoping we were going to have another round of songs and recording and stuff that didn't quite work out, you know, but I was happy to be playing in something that was at, at the very least original. And then once Deep Red happened, that to me was like, I, cause I, I swear, dude, I mean, we did the first song, we did things we can't say. And after that, I was convinced that like, cause again, my mentality is like the other shoes about to drop. So I was like, we did that one. Nobody's going to give a fuck. And then we're going to just disappear and never do anything else right? I was, it's funny that you said that because i was just having a conversation about that anxiety yeah uh, how 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 a form of anxiety what does it feel like when when you talk to someone that hasn't had much uh, experience with anxiety it always feels like there's a shoe that's about to drop yeah. all the time you're always like okay what's gonna fuck me over next what's gonna fuck me over next and that's it's funny that you just mentioned that same term because i I had a personal conversation probably three days ago and said the exact same thing. It's brutal. And like, and with, and unfortunately I had a period of time from about, you know, 15 years old to about like 29 where that was true. Every other time the shoe did drop every time. Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you. Cause I, I have two albums sitting around that have never been finished. Yeah. With bands that Good either songs, just too. broke up or just were done or whatever. I mean, but I, just... I feel like that in life, period. If, if things are going too well, I'm thinking, well, okay, something's about to happen. Something's going to kick me in the nuts pretty soon. I don't remember who said it, but there was somebody who was like, every band is one bad practice away from, from breaking, breaking. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like this most true <laughs> shit in the world because it really is like. But this, I think that was a big reason that like one of the earliest conversations we had about doing Deep Red was like, we at least initially we're like we don't want this to be a band this is me and leah and that's it kind of mm-hmm. like an art project not even really like an no, art pro- i think we had the intention like, of doing live but no it's it, it was never meant to be like a recording project it, it's a different mentality kathy and Reed. it's it's that it's it's a partnership it's not a band yeah it's right. like because yeah. we can make the commitment to one another but we can't expect 
five or six other people to make the same level of commitment. But you're also, yeah. it's the two of you, if it came down to it and you needed to record something, y'all could both get away with right, recording everything. Correct. And But in addition Which to that... Or programming know. everything. But, like, but it, in addition to that, you're, yeah. you're agreeing that, you know, anybody else who comes in... You know, y'all sound like Dustin and I. We're, we're super happy. <laughs> I mean, we're super happy to have them, and we'll, I don't like people. And we'll honor their I just don't. We'll yeah. honor their contributions, and 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 we'll be appreciative of it, and and you know, and lift them up. But at the end of the day, the band is is Scott and I, and I, I have always been a, a proponent of keeping. Uh, the 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 core of a band as small as possible. Because, you know, I, I've been in projects since I was 11, and, like, I've <laughs> I've been in bands where you've built it up for 10 years, and, you know, it breaks up, and you lose everything, because yeah. everybody was, mm-hmm. like, just absolutely imperative to, you know, the makeup of the band. And, you know, unfortunately, these days, bands like the Rolling Stones aren't as yeah, well, well nobody like, has their one band. Right, no one has yeah. their Every, one band. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's in but, five or six things. But it's, like, but well, it's way, problem here but locally. It's, but it's way yeah. easier to get, with, break. To get just, with somebody yeah. that you connect with and just be like, hey, yeah. I'm making this commitment to you, and, and we're going to do this for as long as we can. And I totally get that because, I, you know, my entire life I've been a, a fan of bands that are either one man or two band. I mean, totally. Well, it's also uh, Nine Inch like, Nails posters on the wall, yeah. Ministry, oh, ma- Skinny Puppy. Okay, so all you know, of those it's bands, like, also, two. It's they like, always have hired guns with them. Well, it's also like, okay, like, think about, like, the Brian Jonestown Massacre. It's like, yeah. that's Anton Newcomb and just a revolving lineup of backing members. Yeah. That's his, you know, yeah. it's a miracle that he's been able to retrain his tambourine player since the <laughs> 90s, Joel Gion. But, like, it's Anton and a revolving lineup of people. Well, and I don't think it's like... It doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at our release schedule and notice that, like, it's been a minute. Yeah. And that... But there's also been issues with that, so... I mean, like, yeah, but that also comes down to even a partnership between two people. You can still have moments where it's it's tough. Like, you're just not in a position of your life where you're ready to open up like that again or you're not ready to write again or you're not feeling confident or you're not you know it's like i had a lot of anxiety around covid also if that damn rose garden band could just break up <laughs> no shit if they would stop playing shows and going on tour and if fucking everything just, up well that's the funny thing it, just chill out it is relax yeah and that that is kind of the funny thing too is like we i think and she unfortunately knows this from deep experience but like i I'm somebody that if I'm close to you, I'm brutally honest. And I don't mean, like, I don't mean to be a dick, but it's like, but I like telling that, you know, if you got a booger in your nose, I'm going to fucking tell you you got a booger in your Do nose. Kind of thing. Currently, no. How are we doing? No whistlers? No whistlers. Right, Everybody's good. good. Clean room, dude. That's Woo! nice. It's <laughs> sick. Right. You don't get those often. Everybody's got white shit in my nose? I mean, a little bit, but, you know, it's <laughs> like, we're not going to talk about that here. But, uh, but it is like, it is one of those things where, I think your enthusiasm for a thing that as of that point had not played live had an EP come out and you had some disappointment around. We had this thing we were super proud of that was super collaborative, just kind of fell apart. I'm at home the whole time while she's working on Rose Garden shit and like, you know, and I'm writing alone for a lot of that, you know, and sending shit, but it's like, it's hard to get excited about that. So 
You know what's kind of weird though in the in a in a reverse aspect from like a fan aspect. It's like once this does get go live, the explosion is going to be crazy. That's exactly what I've well, been telling you. It's going to be insane. Yeah, because I want to see this again. Live. I'm the pessimist, but like I'm not a pessimist. When there's it comes people to this in the video. chat room right now asking for live. They're, actually, they are. So live, we want before, it live. Before you give anything away, because I want to, uh, yeah, you know, I want to talk about the future here and what you've got. Because you've mm-hmm. talked about y'all recorded with Jim King. How many tracks Jimmy, the do you King. have going on? So five tracks with Jim as of right now. Okay. Um, any uh, any release on the horizon or anything? Yes. So, so you got a date. First set song and... is probably we don't have a direct date set, but I think first song is probably what end of the year. Oh my god! Yeah. Probably before that. Yeah. Is so he, if he doesn't well, hold on. Is we're getting single? we're getting is finals. There Rose Garden stuff going on before the end of the year. They're getting away. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, always Rose Garden <laughs> shit going on, so Rose we don't. Rose Garden doesn't stop. Uh-oh. We don't. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We lost feet. That was weird. Yeah, so... No, Rose, Rose Garden doesn't stop. Rose Garden doesn't stop, yeah. and we don't really, like, factor that in. Because, yeah. you know, I've even helped on Rose Garden shit. Like, I wrote the bass parts for the most Almost recent seven. Rose Garden yeah. singles. So, like... Didn't you play a show? I played He's multiple played shows. played several multiple shows. With a lot of shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, and again, it's like... I know when, I've seen you on one, so that's... Yeah. Well, that's, and, Rose Garden is like a carousel of disaster. I mean, like... My my thing is like with awesome. my with the dual guys with Leah, it's always going to be a situation where if they need anything at all from me, if there's any way I can help, and Van Dam. it's done. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. The, the dual guys, Van Dam, like you know, um, there were shows Reese couldn't make it to, you know, and it was like, great, I'll learn the set, I'll fill in, had a great time, you know, um, but. That's that's kind of a thing. It's like it is. It's a weird extended family. It's like you know, but as far as release, yes, there's going to be uh, at least one song released by the end of the year. We're getting finals back from Jim right now, and they sound fucking ridiculous. Um, Jim's a badass. I I'll, like show, I'll show you guys some shit out. before we right. head out. Uh, before you leave. Before you. Leave. <laughs> wow, that's weird. How yeah. that all tied in. Nice. <laughs> uh, but, but what about a live show? Live shows happening um, probably early next year. Uh, yeah, I've heard y'all practicing. Y'all seem like y'all are ready to go. I'm just we, say. Well, it's unless, do we? If do you we sound like we're ready set, to go? Who cares? Mm-hmm. Show care. up for a five song set I and care. walk off. You know how many badass Here's my, bands have played two songs and been like, that's it, later. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I get you it. Get, and I get you just it. keep the crowd well, we've already, more. I know. And I get, the, I get the perspective, but it is, to me, this is, and again, this is a hard thing. It's a, it's a hard line you have to walk between I can be... Um, I don't want to say a perfectionist because nothing I do is perfect, but it is that like, <laughs> fuck off. But there's there's those moments of go. like, no, but there's those moments to me of like, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything halfway at all. I want, if we play a show, I want it to be because we worked for it. And I don't, but by that same token, I'm not going out there to be, you know, Dallas's best bar band, Fort Worth's best band. You don't want to be a bar band. You no, want no, to be no. a big band. Well, I don't I don't give a fuck about being the best local band, the best anything. You don't want a panthe? I mean, what's I want a, to... What's a panthe? That's the Fort Worth one Weekly of, Awards. Uh, we don't even... Oh. That, ours ain't even in here. The yeah. The, yeah, yeah they never gave one to the Foo because Big hey, Mike kept being in there. Nick yeah, Russo, Dallas Observer, 2019. Am I hitting your cable? I think I that's know, what's, what's going on over here. Maybe is it 2019? We blame it on the heat. Yeah, Dallas Observer best best drummer 2019. Nick yeah. Russo. 
Nick Russo, <laughs> ladies and gents. Never forget. But no, oh, he my, never lets us forget. This is this is one of those weird dichotomy things. I where think that's in his signature. It like is. Like when I get a text, his email, from him, dude, like he'll fuck it. Yeah, he'll he'll tell you that during practice. No, the last time that uh, Scott yeah. said, "Hell yeah, guys, practice sounded good." He said, "I sounded awesome," and then sent a picture of his Dallas Observer Award. <laughs> I think if I, you don't love Nick Russo, you're a fucking asshole. I agree. You don't have a pulse, right? Nah, dude, yeah. he's the shit. He's no. all right. Nick's 2019, <laughs> goddamn. Wait, really? You're right. See? I got the year right, Russo, buddy. Don't worry. Russo, you are the best. But best so this is like lived. this is the one. It's it's not an egotistical thing, but it is like the one kind of self affirming thing I'll ever say. I don't want to be the best band in Dallas. I don't want to be the best band in Fort Worth. I don't want to be the best. Just band do in what you do. I want to be the tightest fucking band you've ever heard. There you go. Okay. And so if we play yeah. live, there you go. Fuck you. I want it to be a dick on the table moment of like. We're coming out swinging, and it fucking rules. Because dual every time Duel played live, I had the confidence of somebody that was fifteen feet tall. You know, because it just. But that was the thing with Duel. Like every time they played live, it was a sonic wall of sound just blowing your. Balls but it was off. you could take the volume I loved away. It. Not you, even volume. Take, it was everything. Well, take the volume. Take the volume out of it. That band was air fucking tight. They were, and that's it was great. But every- who's who's our band right now? James LeBray. Yeah, Michael Doty, uh-huh. Nick Russo. Uh huh. We're gonna be tight as fuck. Scott White. It's gonna rule. That's so, what I was about to ask you was what who was the that's who it. Was it's dual except I'm Belvedere red. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I now am Belvedere. <laughs> I was wondering who Deep Red Live was. That's it. So that's it. And you didn't know? You oh, that's who it is. No, yeah. I, I know. That's the, how I, that's how I know that I can out party Doty. I know. That's but one I of the needed ways. to do it for the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I practiced. See. He buried angle. the lead, dude. Oh, sorry. Oh, I see y'all every Thursday. Terrible. I'm sorry. Wednesday or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was but, like, are you uh, blind? What's no, but that's. On? But I genuinely like. I gotta go. The pee. new material we, between the new material we've got. I didn't know we were allowed to go pee. Yeah, oh, cool. We can pee. See you guys. Well, now I can talk shit about her. Yeah, seriously. Let's talk about shit about her. So, hey, Matt, show her where. Yeah, there's a bush over there. Oh, shut up. Later. But that it's a weird thing, dude. It's like it's for somebody that's had a lifetime of self-esteem issues and and just never feeling confident about really any aspect of myself. Yeah, this is the first time where it's like it's not even faith in myself. It's I know I've got the best singer. Like She's I don't I don't care who your singer is. I've got a better one. Yeah, I know I've got a better She's band. A I mean, dude, it's like I've got a better bass player. I've got a better guitar player. I've got a better drummer. Like I've. I've got the dudes, man, and like the that su- first EP is just like I'm not kidding. The, when y'all released it, and I was like I said at the beginning of the show, I was driving around doing these, you know, shooting empty venues. Just had it on repeat, and it was great. Thanks, I loved it. I freaking love it. I'll still pop it in. I didn't run through it every once in a while. It's, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. I mean, like in Dude, terms of it sounds so good and it's so just cool. Like there's Briggs nailed it. There's on a, all those songs. I could say it. You know, it's good and everything, and technically it sounds good and blah blah blah. It's not that it's good. It's fucking cool, and that's Thanks, a big man. thing. Yeah, it's just a fucking cool EP. And then even the singles, like uh, what y'all y'all released a single like. So we had later or um, there's more in. There's we like didn't have anything. Months? Yeah. So we had we didn't have anything afterwards. We had uh, we had prior to that we had things we can't say. Okay. Um, television. Okay. And 
for a brief while, we also had a what song What was the one y'all only put on Bandcamp? Bandcamp, Save the World. Okay, when did y'all do that? Uh, that was a just house demo. That was just, just and put that was one of the like any okay. of the any of the three singles. Those are ones we just did at the house and put out. Okay. Um, Save the world is one of those. That's me being a fucking asshole perfectionist. Where it's like I like that song too much, and at some point yeah. it needs the Jim King treatment. But um, I, dude, it's it it is it's funny. It's like finally, um, I I've thought long and hard about you know how to um, kind of go about emotionally attacking doing a thing where it's like, you know, a lot of the creativity involved in a lot of the writing is, is me. And Mm -hmm. in most bands, it's, that's been the case in two bands, which it didn't matter for either of those bands. And we gave a shit about them anyway, which in fairness, they weren't that great. So it's fine. But everything else is like, I've always been a supporting role. It's a learning experience, though. It is, but it's like it's a learning experience of figuring out how to feel about receiving compliments when you're not comfortable doing that. And get that. And uh, I'm trying to get better about that because. And you're always are you? Well, I'm not gonna uh, just throw you in this, but I'm gonna ask you: Are you always uncomfortable with your final product and how it's received? And how people are you? Are you wanting like actually uh, no? Because feedback? Or are you just kind of? Are you one of those like I did this? Here I'm not it really is, feedback driven. Enjoy it. I I want people to enjoy it. I want people to really like. And it, the coolest thing I like hearing that people enjoy stuff I do. Absolutely, like, like the photography stuff. Well, I, I think pretending sure that you don't happy, yeah. is a false kind of humbleness that I just don't fuck with. Like it, it seems disingenuous to me. And to me, it always feels like uh, like I don't give a shit if you like this or not. I'm giving you this final product. You better like it because yeah. it's what I'm giving you. And and I don't like well, that there's aspect. A, oh, hi, I don't puppy. like that feeling. Oh, you were so sweet. Roxy, what are you doing I in love here? Roxy. No, Roxy from being here. Roxy's the shit. All right, sweet we just baby. got derailed by a dog. But yeah. Hi, big baby. I don't but, like that feeling. I just like genuine, like, you know, hey, did you like what I did for you? Okay, cool. Well, here's my thing. So I got, I you know, we got, I know, sweet baby. We got, uh, when Central Track nominated us for, for best song mm-hmm. that year for Things We Can't Say, for our very first single, that was like... That was a big moment for me personally, and also... Will you let Roxy out? Oh, yeah. That's sweet, baby. Um, she's looking at the door. Don't leave me. I know, she's so good. But it is it is a weird... It's an emotional thing you have to go through where you actually look at things and go, okay, I, I don't... The point of this band from the beginning with each other has been brutal honesty and really bearing who you are. Mm. I'm learning to do that now to people that I'm not close to, to people that I don't really know. And that's uncomfortable, but I don't want to, whether, whether you end up liking it or not is irrelevant at this point, because I want to write something that if you relate to it and you feel both the emotions that are put into composition, because I hate when people say emotions only come through lyrics or the people that only focus on lyrics. No, they both play a role. A they very important role. Bounce off each other. But composition to me is always where I kind of drew how I felt. Yeah. In a thing, and we got a flyer. Hell? But we got a locust in here. Yeah. What? Yeah. We got a locust. It's a cicada, bro. There's a whole cicada in here. It's a whole. How'd you drink? Everybody, uh, just stay calm. Yeah, it's fine. If you don't move, Speaking it won't of see cicadas? you. Cicadas. Anyway. Uh, anyway, point being, uh, I just uh, cool. I'm glad everyone else could just move on from that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's all right. 
Just going to be panicking the rest of the night? No, that's okay. If you see me just run out the door, just know I've gotten in my van and I'm driving back to <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> like, One guys, bug is all it took. Yeah, no, seriously. Uh, uh, it should, it should calm down once it's in here, right? But, yeah. You're right. It'll adjust. Welcome yeah. to yeah. human society, the, the, Cicada. The, the, <laughs> the right. demon Cicada. But, but point, point being, it's like it's a, it is a weird kind of thing you have to go through where it's like I don't want to be pretend humble about what we're doing when I have full faith and confidence that what we're doing fucking rules. Like, if I... And I have really harsh standards for myself. If I listen back to something that we've done and I can feel really strongly about it that if I didn't know our band, I would want to listen to this and I would fuck with this, then to me, that is all the validation I need. If other people enjoy it and I get feedback from them... That does matter to me. Like, I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't because I feel like that's horseshit. Anybody who tells you they don't give a shit what other people feel about their band is fucking lying to you. Yeah. Because you wouldn't be putting things out publicly. You wouldn't be playing shows. It's like, that is an element of it. But we never let it dictate what we write. And we never let it dictate kind of the direction the band goes. Really, it's like, it's a gut level. What I write in the moment. What I'm excited by. What I'm feeling. You know, what she's feeling, how she's feeling during that moment when we're actually kind of putting all this out. That is the only thing that matters. Nice. So, and that's my... I'm excited to see this live. So, hurry up and get it done. So, yeah, see a live gonna... show. I want to see a live show. It's going to be fun. Out. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. I think, uh, yeah. like I said, I mean, the you know, the guy's been fucking killing it. Uh, it sounds great listening to it through a wall, mm-hmm. but Van Dam also <laughs> you know you, sounded great. You know, you can knock wall. on the door, right, and just come in. Well, I've thought about just busting in there a few times. Do it. I probably will. Yeah, the door's will. unlocked I mean, half the time anyway. Fuck it, just come in and hang out. I mean, it turns into a beer drinking fest anyway. Oh no, because it's not going to do that otherwise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talking about. Brother. I was about to say we got a beer for you. It's I hope good. you like Coors Light because it's still the same for those dudes. No, if you if you're really sneaky, I'll oh, steal you one of James's special beers. I'll, I'll, I bring say, Yingling every once in a while. I was going to say so they're not, up. The, the seltzer days are gone. Cause seltzer days are gone. Well, James gone. is still on the seltzers. Oh, but you know, James, we need to talk. You got to have the one. You got right? to. You got to. You gotta get off those seltzers. Yeah. Or we have a whole bag of seltzers y'all can just take and put it in the room. Yeah. You'd probably hallucinate if you drink those seltzers. Probably. Would by now. prefer that. You're selling it to me already. Um, I'm like, yeah. seltzers free? Hallucinate? Let's go. <laughs> I, I, I did want to ask you one thing because we were talking about torch earlier. Did you listen to Floor? Oh, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah. I, have, I have a Floor tattoo. Oh, we have a Floor. Uh, the fucking shittiest tattoo I've ever oh, received shit, and anyone has ever received is the Dove album cover. Yeah. yeah. Um, I fucking love that band. It's embarrassing. But I, no, I saw Floor every chance I got. If you. Did you see them at Dada the last time they came through? Yes. And let me. I was there too. Let oh. me put it to you this way. And That's this is show. like, this, I get to go deep cut Floor nerd shit on this. This rules. Okay. So if you ever saw Floor live and you saw them play the song Slomophobe. That is because of me. And I'm really? playing that guy. I swear to God. I had that song, which is like a demo off of, if you listen to the box set, it's the um, Fuck You For Now disc. Yeah. It's like the first or second song on there. And it's the most caveman shit you'll ever hear in your life. It rules. It's the best demo track anybody's ever tracked. It is the shit. That show was so fucking good. I saw, oh, So I saw them in there. Austin. And yeah. they... We're doing a reunion show. We went down to Fun 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 Fest just for that. 
played a show that night at Red 7, the club, and went to that, met Henry the drummer, met Anthony, and like was talking to them. I used to have Slomophobe as my alarm for when I woke up on my phone. Yeah. And so every morning I woke up to this fucking dumb caveman riff. They didn't play it at either of those shows, and I was like, you guys ever going to play this? I was like, that's my favorite song. Like, that's my alarm tone. And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, I wake up to that song every morning. So they come back around to Dallas for the Sons of Herman Hall show. And Anthony, before they play that song, points at me and goes like, hey, dude, this one's for you. They play fucking Slomophobe, (laughs) and then he gives me a set list at the end of the show, and I still have the set list. So real tight. Cool story, man. Real tight. Uh, Real dumb. Nobody knows that song or gives a (laughs) shit, but like. You know, if you go great. back through our archives, we sat down and had a complete interview with Anthony before the Dada show. He was a really sweet guy. We had a, 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 a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, grew up with him. Oh, cool. And knew him very well. Uh, she's passed away since then, but um, she hooked us up with everything. So before Dada, nice. we went over there and hung out. And I was like, what? You know someone from Floor? Yeah. What? Yeah. And uh, talking about Anthony tool. was... Tool. Remember great. they had they had not released Ten Thousand Days oh, yet. We're not talking he about was, Tool, bro. It, well, they're friends. We're not going down was it Ten Thousand Days? I think so. I think it was that, it that long ago. ago. It was either Ten Thousand Days or whatever they just released. The uh, no, it wasn't Fear. It was in junior high. When it wasn't that Fear. Came out. But anyway, he was talking about that uh, in our show. If you go back through our archives, I don't even know what show number it is. But Anthony was talking about uh, on tour, staying at Danny Carey's house and listening yeah. to Tool demos. And how it's just freaking yeah. ridiculous. And it may have been 10,000 days. I don't know. But it was uh, like they were all buddies and hung yeah. out and did shit. But uh, Anthony was the sweetest dude. He was cool as shit. Well, Floor, if you listen or to... he still is cool as shit. If I'm you listen to a lot of the shit that... That's <laughs> like he died, but... Well, if you listen to a lot of the shit that we did, it's like, you know, I don't think the influence is like super strong between Torch and Floor and all that, you know. Um, sorry. It'll be there. But uh, I think there is like... There's a carryover for any band that does more and more heavy shit but tries to have that melodic edge through the vocals yeah steve you can't really discount what that guy did because i mean dude when that shit like when meanderthal came out was my first exposure to any of that yeah and i had been super into like uh jesu so like justin broderick's thing after godflesh i love godflesh I do don't too. get me started on godflesh um oh. One of the best live shows I've ever seen. <laughs> Fucking ruled. But Godflesh was... I haven't seen Godflesh since the 90s. So. Dude, they're incredible. I saw yeah. them in Austin. Um, uh, what, last week or... No, like, this was 2004. They just played... I know, Levitation. But Yeah, Levitation, and yeah. I was pissed I couldn't go. Their new shit rules. Yeah, that but, new <laughs> record is awesome. Motherfucker, I'm really sorry. to say something? <laughs> no, I'm really sorry. <laughs> go listen to God, the new Godflesh. I should have brought right. your jewel. I forgot. Yeah, the new Godflesh. She's got a backup. But I've got like ten backups. Anyway, rant rant being with those who know know. Yeah, yeah. She left one at my house the other day. It's okay. I've got one in every place. I I've got one in every couch. Yeah, from, from Fort no, Worth. I was sitting in the green room with three links, and I like slid my hand back behind the one. cushions like this. Is this one of yours? And I felt a jewel, and I was like, "That's fine." I pulled it out, and I looked at Evan, the manager of Three Links, and love I love you, like, Evan. Love you, Evan. And I, I like looked at it, and I was like, "I'm pretty sure this is mine." And I tapped it, and I was like. Oh, it's charged too. Great, mine's dead, and just like plugged it in. It's like <laughs> just picked up wow. where you left off. We have a we have a shitty running joke where every once in a while she'll be hitting her jewel, and I'll pull my phone out and just 
Like the first time he <laughs> did it, it like it have... murdered me. I laughed so. I... It, mur- it did murder. It murdered the first time, and then every time after that. Every time after like, it, man. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. But I still do it. But the first time he did committed. it, it really it broke me. But now the the torch the torch floor crossover thing. It's like again, I don't think that like anybody who was trying to learn how to do melodic shit with really heavy shit. Yeah. I. At the time, I don't know that there were a lot of crossovers that weren't like power metal or something like that, but like a cooler, kind of more modern take on it at for that time. Anyway, you didn't really have a lot of other examples like that. And it's weird that Floor came out of where Cannibal was taken off and well, all that shit. But like, if you look at the Melvins, it makes sense. It's yeah. like it's it was all. Because, I mean, even... They were uh, kind of rebelling? Well, Henry, the drummer, was a super Morbid Angel fan. He told me he yeah. tried out for him at one point. Really? He's a sick guitar player, dude. He Is Morbid for from down there? Yeah. I didn't know that. Or does Tampa, Florida, dude. All the Tampa bands, I get fucked up. I get all screwed up. Tampa rules for oh, fucking yeah. death metal. Yeah. but And um, orgies. And what? Orgies. Oh. Uh, okay. Right. I thought that was just Altamir and Fort Worth, dude. Well, that too. But those are pretty gross. <laughs> but, you, know, you gotta be careful. Those are, those Speaking are, of Altamir and Fort Worth, did you know the rail class. closed? No, I did not know that. The rail is You got a Gesundheit, dude. I did not know that. Really? Yeah, yeah you a did. Gesundheit. Thank you. That's exciting. Um, the rail is closed, and they they posted a whole Instagram thing this no week comment. saying the, the rail's done. No comment. So no more rails at the rail. Yeah, no comment. And <laughs> off our awards. Zero yeah, Off of our awards. <laughs> and they're moving... <laughs> um, they're moving all their focus to Big Rob's off Trinity Boulevard in Euless, which is. I mean, hey man, like Arlington's <laughs> becoming a big spot too. Like Growl Records is fucking. Yeah. Growl's great. Growl's killing right now with Growl's the fucking, fucking shows. That's half a mile away from I my love house. Growl. I they're, love Growl. I love shows. It's so DIY. Not fun. only that, yeah. they're having they're having so many. Like I'm I'm so excited by the because a lot of what we've talked about so far for the initial shows is like. Who do we want to play with for some of these early shows? And I am a huge proponent of like a lot of people who like shoegaze are a lot of metalheads, a lot of hardcore dudes. Like there's yeah. a running joke about hardcore bands becoming shoegaze bands and vice versa. Yeah. That's, you know, fucking true of us too. So it's like I I want to play with like fucking Yatsu, fucking, you know, Misanthrope that just started up. Or like Ozone or Dagger Wound or fucking, you know. <laughs> An Ozone Deep Red show would be awesome. Dude, I want it. That would be I, cool. That'd you should do that at, fucking, at Growl. I want it, dude. Like, I want to play. There's with, a badass show this Thursday at Growl. Yeah. I mean. Who is it? I'd have to uh, pull it up real quick. But that's but that's the thing. Like, I. True Grits. There, I want us playing with fucking, like, metal and hardcore shit, shoegaze shit. Like, I, you know. To me, any. Anything good, you know? Yeah. And if we ever get the opportunity to open up for fucking Unity TX, I don't care if we get one song, I'm fucking going, dude. Thursday y'all don't listen to Unity. Unity's the shit. Unity's cool. Uh, fucking rules. So, um, Thursday at Growl is uh, Ballista, Kind Eyes, Heat, Earth Route. Ballista's sick. Or Earth Rot. Uh, sorry for my weird uh, pronunciation. On Thursday? And True Grit. Also, yeah, shout out Highfells. I, I saw them recently. Yeah, fun ass fucking show. Have y'all seen High Fells yet? Uh-uh. Y'all like black metal? I have not. I, I haven't seen them yet. No. I, but do you like black metal? Yes. Yeah, I like black Dude, metal. Dude, fucking go see High Fells. High Fells is fucking incredible. Where are they from? Cool. Dallas. And they're gonna play Dallas at Growl guys. or? Uh, no, I'm sure they've got some other show coming up. But um, uh-huh. buddy Jeremiah plays drums for him. He's a fucking killer drummer. God damn, dude, that band. Uh, 
just fucking blew me away. Just rules. Well, fuck, Russo. I was going to ask you if you wanted to reopen the rail as a new venue, but, you know, whatever. I, I guess love, I thought, I love I the side conversation with Russo happening it's in here. Great. Where Appreciate are you, Russo? He was, Why aren't you he here? was thinking about ambushing just, the show, is the was, rumor. He was going to jump in He's here gonna, and be all yeah. crazy. If Nick Russo walked in right now, Paint like gunners. The only just, reason... The only reason oh, I, yeah. the only reason when Russo was like, "You want me to come out there?" I was like, "Dude, I think I can rein in me and Leah." But if it's like me, hey, Leah, and fucking hey, Russo, hey, dude, it's hey, sh- I, I know you. Like I've but been that's what really I'm saying. Well behaved. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I've been very that's well what I'm behaved. Saying. But that's what I'm saying. With Russo, the dynamic changes for me because I start just being a fucking dork. I feel like the worst dynamic. That could have possibly happened would have been you, me, and Doty. Oh, because Doty and I would have been like, "Yo, but have you heard that super obscure yacht rock record from 1976?" And then two minutes later, we're like, "Y'all heard that new Limp Biscuit dude? Shit's tight." Yeah, and then I leave. <laughs> I, the cicada reappears <laughs> the and I leave. Funny, dude. The number of Limp times Biscuit's we terrible. I don't want to talk about Limp Biscuit. Can <laughs> the we just change the subject, please? We stop, listen stop. to Out of Style. While we were at Jim's house, that fucking guitar riff rules. It's funny. It's the, fucking the whole great. record is crazy. But he's shout a out good... the shout out the vaginas when we were in fucking Atlanta. Okay. We got drunk and just watched the Lollapalooza thing at like ten in the morning. Fucking there you ruled. Go. Yeah. Here's the thing: is he's a he's a badass guitarist. He's a killer guitarist. He's a killer guitarist in a shitty band, and I wish he would just do more crazy cool shit. But anyway, rhythm section is great too. Yeah. But. Um. We're getting into the latter half of the show, and I wanted to... We totally didn't even shoot the shit. So, Matt, I need to... You went out of town this week, and I want to know about all this. Yeah, I went to a military base for the first time. Ever? Ever. Ever. You've never been to, like, an air show out of Carswell or anything? No, they wouldn't let me in. My credentials didn't let me in. Well, it's a free thing. Got denied. It's a free thing that anybody could walk in on, and uh, I don't understand that, but okay. Yeah. I went to Lackland down in San Antonio. It's pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of, cool. lot of B-52s, a lot of b Yeah, bombers. my grandfather's uh, B-24 Liberator was down there. It was pretty cool. Man. Is that on display? Mm-hmm. You know what? Did I ever tell you the crazy thing about my grandfather? No. We go out to Alabama, or we go to Florida. We're going to Disney World one year, but we this is the first time ever we stop in Alabama at the um, Battleship Alabama. Yeah. And out front, they have a bunch of uh, hardware. They have a B-52 sitting out front. And my grandfather walks up, and he's looking at the nose of it for a minute. And he's looking at all the stuff. He goes, yeah, this is my old plane. It's here on display. Watching us here. Yeah, it was cool. And then we're actually here. I want to talk about Meow Wolf, though, because you finally went out there. I did. Have y'all... Do y'all have any interest in Meow Wolf? Yeah, 100%. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, I definitely want to go to it with my wife. I went on uh, Friday with my son. And I don't want to give anything away because it's new. I went on a full hardcore rant on Facebook. I saw that and um, loved it. <laughs> there's a there's a bunch of assholes that are in our our scene. A bunch of people we know. A bunch of people we've been, a couple of people we've had on this show that decided to be like, here, I'm going to video a whole walkthrough of everything and give away all the big spoilers Ugh. and surprises. Yeah, that's, fuck you guys. Yeah, that's no bueno. Fuck you. And fuck I don't know you who you again. are. If you're a close friend. Not fuck you, but like if I don't know you, yeah, kind of fuck. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. you that, I mean? <laughs> that's not cool. That is fuck. not cool at all. And I hope hey, you as get someone who hit. watches haunted house walkthroughs. Thank you. <laughs> but because you're a wuss. As far as someone that this is brand fucking new, and if I had paid money for tickets that, much, that yeah. was going this week, you went the first week. I went the first week, and it's like 
why spoil shit for people that you know have well it's the people that go to like very expensive arena shows and film the whole fucking thing yeah from 500 feet away it's like I want to get in hey, put the fucking phone can't down dude afford arena show tickets thank you I want to get in that here in a minute <laughs> yeah, yeah. if we have time like I have that. a whole thing but Meow Wolf in Grapevine at Grapevine Mills is awesome um I went with my son, so there was no added um, substances to make it any more interesting. Sure. And I still walked out of there broken. That's like right. You get like, short circuited. Like, what the fuck just happened? We walked through the mall because we walked around the long loop because he wanted to go to the Lego store. We went to the Lego store. We went to a couple other stores. And I seriously walked through the mall going, I, this doesn't feel right. That's awesome. That's and great. Um, one of the things I will say that wasn't said to us before we go in, there is a story. And there is a storyline you can follow if you don't want to just be like, hey, I'm here. Let's just walk through this and look at the things. And I didn't know there was a story to follow till we're like 20, 30 minutes into it. And I was like, fuck, we'd have to start all the way back. Oh, so over. you're going to kind of choose to have it be a passive experience or like an active, you're really Like you're trying to it. figure out. That's uh, cool. Basically, it's. Like uh, it's an unsolved mystery. It's a murder mystery. Like you're trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the supposedly knows. It, it is connected to the Santa uh, Santa Fe one, uh, as That's far as the cool. story goes. And no one told us that going in, and I wish they would have, because I would have yeah. been like, okay, let's follow this. So you don't get like a program or anything walking in. Supposedly, okay. the girl before you walk in was supposed to tell us all this shit, and but didn't. she was too busy commenting on the 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 two ladies in front of us their outfits and shit, and then just said, you know. That's understandable. Do what you want to. We Have talk fun, shit about blah, blah, blah. outfits all the time, dude. What were the two yeah. ladies' outfits like? Uh, I don't know. They were uh, just whatever. They they didn't what stand out to me. They like? didn't go as Limp Biscuit. No, yeah. didn't go as Limp Biscuit. I have never but talked shit about anybody in my entire life. It's absolutely no idea. It's absolutely <laughs> no amazing. Idea. I'm glad we have it here. You know, Houston's fixing to uh, have one also. It's great and totally worth it. Awesome. It was a it was a fun time for us to go through there. If I would have done the storyline, supposedly it's three four hours. Um, if you go with just uh, just stacking. walking through it like we did, it was just a couple hours. Yeah. So um, are you going to do the storyline when you go to stack? Yeah. You okay. are going to stick to it. Yeah, but that's not going to work. But yeah, there is a stacking trip. I think a lot of us. There needs to be a big group of us that go on a stacking trip so that we can all help each other out. That's code for uh, mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> so Meow Wolf was, was, like, all y'all stacking was fantastic. Trip. <laughs> yeah. Meow Wolf stacking was freaking trip. fantastic. Stacking trip? Don't stacking. Do oh, watch out. There you go. Uh, there's a lot of electronics here. It's just a stacking trip. It's just then a that night, <laughs> <laughs> that night I went to Dave's uh, 50th. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, How'd that go? Spectacle. It was his birthday. Did you end up going to Crush Creeping it. Death? Happy we birthday, big dog. It. No, I didn't go to Creeping Death. It was fun. Uh, Crush It was cool. I mm-hmm. I was kind of like, mm-hmm. I was worried about you, what you said, but mm-hmm. when you get in there with all of us, yeah, yeah. we went nuts. It's Crush It I'm a sure. Megadeth cover band? No, it's a <laughs> bunch of those virtual bays where you like crush play em. baseball, but like James was there, so we learned how to play rugby. We learned how to play Sorry. cricket. And then we uh, started, sh- they pulled out a bunch of guns and we started shooting groundhogs on the screen and blood <laughs> went everywhere. And it was fun. It's aggressive. That was a cool place. It was fun. But you, you admit, no, you, could, you could set that up in your screen VR garage in about 20 minutes. It was we <laughs> on dope. Yeah. That's all it was. was We're we pro groundhog. Oh, y'all are pro That's groundhog? That's good. Pro groundhog. 
if you're pro groundhog, then I highly recommend going to um, uh, fuck. What's that state park? Hell. Uh, Many God groundhogs in hell. What's the state park? You go to my backyard. Yeah, no shit. There's a bunch of groundhogs like, in my backyard. I do have I need to get rid of. glasses, RoboTuner. Um, God damn it. What's that state park? Oh, hey, you want a progress report on state park talk real quick? Don't ever go to the Galveston State Park. It's just, <laughs> I just need to go there and get stamped. That's what I did, and I they didn't have, they didn't have uh, stamps. Basically, what they did was stamp a uh, – well, we didn't have our book with us, so they stamped a, a – um, they did have the stamp. They didn't have a badge. Oh. And I went for the stinking badge. No. And, and no. it looks bad because it some blew. of the camping places it are blew. like right along the highway, and I was like, this sucks. For some reason, but I thought it was the one that you fair. and Mandy want to go to, the one that's south, kind of the, the other direction. Right. Way down south. Right. Yeah. So I went Lucky all thinking it was going to be cool because you had already said, no, this place supposed to be really cool. So that's what I expected. Garbage. 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 We have a uh, a guitarist friend that's going down there uh, this weekend. To the the right one, way down south. Yeah, I'm gonna do a little trip this weekend that I think I'm gonna knock a few out. Get Just some. Get trip. some. Yeah. Get I gotta some get stamps. away. I hate people. Trip. I'm gonna get some stamps. I hate people. I need to do you out. hate people, or is that just a cynical? Easy to say. It's people. cynical. No, I do. You're I, I legitimately. People. I love people. I, can't, I get frustrated I'm, by them, but I do. I am love so them. ready. I'm people. so ready for the the wall of flames to take this thing out. I'm, no way. Uh, I'm like, what am I doing people. after this? Who am you I hanging out with? Let's keep hanging. No, actually, this is no. A really, I like being in the moment with the this people is a cool, I'm with. But I think we're the virus of this planet. Is okay. basically what I think. Oh, this is actually the virus. We own this planet. I like. I like this conversation. So this is a big thing. This planet is a virus to us. We're just too tough for it. Now, man, here's my here's my big existential take. I never get to. I never really get to like expound on this shit. So I'm gonna do it. I am gonna wax poetic. I I I fucking hate poets. Thank you. You hate poets. I hate poets. They're full of shit. Um, But now introducing to the stage, slam poet. Scott White. <laughs> so, His poem, Humanity versus the Earth. All right. Tight. So you Thank hated... So I have this really weird... sidewalk in, some Shel Silverstein? No, no, no. I, I have this weird thing with, like, the easy cynicism of being like, I, I hate people. I hate Earth. I hate what we've done to it. I hate blah, 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 blah. Like, I think that that is the... Because I used to feel that way too, and I used to say all of that, and I used to really like expound on that. For me, it started to feel too easy, mm-hmm. and I think that it's it is a thing where I get frustrated with the people that I love the most because you can feel that disappointment when and you can translate that through anger more quickly than you can translating the sadness of being disappointed. I feel that way towards people generally, where it's like I actively. I love humans. I love the things we create. I love what we've had. I love generally all the stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. I but, get it. But it's like we also do so much bullshit and lose the fucking plot of everything so frequently that you get exhausted by it. And I, you know. I think when I say I hate people, is it's more like I hate the noise. I hate 20 people every day coming at me wanting something. Yeah. And. I need to escape from the noise, and I I hate that technology has made it easier for people to want shit from me. Yeah, and I'm I need a break from people wanting shit. Yeah, and I need a break from driving around 
this Metroplex and seeing dumbass fucks on the road doing stupid bullshit. Getting, well, I, see, need, I need a break from people yelling at me saying because I don't believe like them that I'm a fucking terrible person all the time. I'm so sick of that. That it's typically like, depends on the belief that you this, have, though. This, you know what, in though? In fairness. Something like, I noticed about uh, no, but if you specifically see, the driving that you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh DF okay I I uh, I drove both ways down and back to on my little getaway yeah and uh, I can honestly say that DFW has gotten really bad like we are the land of assholes out of Texas because you drive through Texas there's some places you're like oh that guy waved at me what the hell that's yeah. weird he's not trying yeah, to pull yeah. his gun that's at me. why I'm going to small town that, it's like that, you get past Plano yeah and then it goes immediately like weirdly calm to, yeah and then and you all of a sudden Plano someone's waving on the way at back you you're and like, you're what? fucked or you right. go out west yeah. you're, in, you're in Weatherford and everybody's it, like hey guys. you can tell I'm from Fort Worth to Dallas dude that, yeah. oh, that's yeah. fucking jarring oh yeah it's right there especially right there around where I used to live Las Colinas right there by the airport where everything comes together literally it's like all the assholes come together and just fart on each other but I love the earth there is a difference between the state of Texas and DFW as far as people's attitudes, I think. Oh, there DFW is very we're, – we're a powder keg, I feel like. I can't figure out what the fuck's going I feel like we're a powder keg. DFW is a powder keg. We're, Texas, we have, our, we have our, our, our amount of assholes, but they seem to be concentrated more in DFW, it seems like. What's that say? Well, the I don't, thing I – I hate like, the – Earth. Oh, yeah. That's what he said. He said, I hate the earth. I just think where, like, if my friends say something stupid or post something, no, or post something stupid online, I will either screenshot what they said or quote it and put it on a t shirt and send it to them or wear it myself. I'm like, also, like, not like, trying to drive it. Like, like, one yeah, time Michael Briggs, one time Michael bit. Briggs in a comment said, Oh my God, I love drugs. And I screenshotted <laughs> that comment. Put it on a t-shirt and wore it to my next recording session with Briggs. It's a, it's a fucking great bit. It's my favorite but, bit that I have. He won Employee of the Month at his I last job. At this job. At the job that he has now. And the last and they, one. they made him this. Uh, like you flip your hair. Like they made him this like <laughs> plaque where he had to like say a couple things about himself that like he enjoys, his hobbies, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's like a picture of him and his dog. It's like this whole thing. It's like yeah, a big yeah. PDF file. I had. Shout out Wicket. I had one of his coworkers send it to me, and I made it a T-shirt, and I wore it around him, and he was like, "I hate that." I was like, "What do you <laughs> mean?" I hate a lot. I yeah. have, I have that T-shirt. I have she, your Employee yep. of the Month plaque as she a T-shirt. Feels very special about that. Yeah, it's my favorite <laughs> like a mom bit. A I have. On the back I, of the car, I tried you know to make I mean? my own Steely Dan T-shirt. And I put my, my She's supportive in her own weird way. I put my you know? I put so I tried to make my own Steely Dan shirt. It said uh um learn to work the saxophone. I play it just how I feel, drink scotch whiskey all night long on the front, and then on the back it said and die behind the wheel and it had a fucking saxophone on the back. And I put they're like list your occupation as I'm like checking out at custom ink. They're like occupation. I go CEO. They're like company. I'm like Steely Dan. And it said like so my occupation was CEO at Steely Dan. So I get this email back from custom ink. They're like, unless you can prove that you're really the CEO of Steely Dan. By the way, if y'all haven't noticed, there's a weird theme of like how much music in common do you think we have with each other? <laughs> Not a on lot. like a daily basis, <laughs> it's like lot. slow dive, anything shoegaze, and we're like 
Fuck yes, cool, I, but I understand. That, outside you. of that, it's different. Look yeah. At, look, this is my background on my phone. Hold on. Wait. Wait. wait, wait. All right. Wait. 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 Do you know who that is? No one knows. I saw it was 942. You don't know who that is? That's Michael Front McDonald. Front 942. Yeah. That's Michael, Michael McDonald. 942. Um, really? You keep forgetting I'm quitting who this Michael band McDonald on this podcast, is. By the way, <laughs> I keep over. forgetting. All right, so what I what I want to go back to what you were originally sorry, saying yeah, yeah. a while back was like the reason to get out of here is because of someone just throwing it down your throat that you are You're a terrible are person, a terrible person, asshole. Because you you spout your opinion or you you espout how you feel about something. That's another reason I'm going out of town. Is because fuck all these people that mm-hmm. automatically if you say something. That's just borderline questionable. You're a fucking terrorist. Oh yeah, and you're a fucking anarchist, and you need to be thrown mm-hmm. over here in the in the far right, and you need to put your clan hood robe on. Right. Fuck those. Meanwhile, people. you've never voted for like, a Republican in your life. No, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking about something, and yeah. just because it doesn't follow what your belief is. Dumb, doesn't mean I'm evil. <laughs> dumb fucking idiot at the chat bar. Yeah, you know. Just because I'm I might just be like, the dumb idiot at the chat bar, or I'm just <laughs> I'm just asking a it's question possible. about something like yeah. like you know why is the sky blue and yeah. you just suddenly throw me down this path. I got to get away from all these assholes. So that's that's one of the things too. I've got to. I feel you, gotta, man. Yeah, I feel yeah, you. Yeah, dude. You got to get yeah. you got to get away. You gotta we need get away to go drive this. out in the country and and jack each other off one of these days. He's just looking for a little what? relief huh? tomorrow. Huh? Huh? Um, hey, dude. There is Did you a, see that documentary? I, I'm not going to give your friends this week. Well, it's it's chaotic. In, yeah, in just put notes because I'd like to hear this. Because I have something that the DOJ put out that automatically puts our podcast on a on a fucking watch list. Hell no. Let's go. We'll just period. Let's, let's we'll, table. We'll talk about it. Next let's week. We'll talk that. about it next week. <laughs> um, one of the things I do want to talk about, like with you guys in here, is um, the T Swift effect. T-Swift. Have y'all heard about any of this? Is that this a testosterone a shot? You can get no. fast, a oh, fast testosterone shot? You no, can get? this has come out this week. Uh, first off, uh, let's start it off with like, this is the considered the summer of status concerts. Okay. That if status you're concert. able to go to see Taylor Swift in concert, or mm. Beyonce in concert, or mm. Metallica in you're concert. You're an elite. You're an elitist. And now this is... People are changing their vacation schedules, or not even taking a vacation, so they can afford to go Sorry to these concerts. Tootsie, so there's a there's a whole ordeal. Like a bunch of people have put out these articles about how, like Taylor Swift, it costs so fucking much. Sure. In a recession economy, that to go to these concerts, that people aren't doing a regular vacation. Instead, they're flying to, to a either a, a point to see her. Yeah. Or they're spending a shit ton of money if they live in the city where she's playing just to see this concert and just to be a part of it and just to post, look at me, I'm at this concert. I got to go see Taylor Swift. Like a status symbol. I, so, got the, I, got the, I got the tickets because getting Taylor Swift tickets already was a big ordeal. I'll put it to you this way. The most I've ever paid for tickets to anything, Yeah, I saw Soundgarden and Mastodon. Uh-huh. I was front row for Soundgarden. And that cost me $200. Any other experience I'm going to have is not going to top that. So if it's more than $200, you better have brought Neil Peart back from the dead so yeah. that I can see Rush again. You want to know mine is? And it's funny. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine, 350 bucks. 
Was that how much it was? was that, I believe uh, Robo Tuner. Run the jewel it? Yeah, it was Run the Jewels I mean, too. And a, it was at Madison Square Garden. So that's yeah. fucking tight as hell. But yeah, it's like if it's something like that and it's under five hundred dollars, I understand. Or if it's like a festival thing, I get it. But I like, spent my life savings to see Roxy Music. Yeah, see, that's silly. I spent. Oh yeah, they were three fifty. I, I spent my. See Roxy. I don't. I don't. And remember it's funny that. that it's Rage. Roxy yeah. Music <laughs> is my favorite band of all time. That's a good night. And oh, I had, awesome. uh, I had a whole savings no. account for a motorcycle, Fantastic. and I spent seventeen hundred dollars on my uh, third row dead center ground floor ticket to see Rock's music. Never and you know what? Christ. Never ever. There's and no you know band what? I like that. You know no what? one. It was my favorite band. Life. I wouldn't spend that much. Hey, I, you guys can have fucking hate all you want. I'm not hating. <laughs> all I'm I saying know is it's I the like cost, Roxy bro. music better than you like any of the bands you like. That, so that's fine. That's that must be true. Truth. Yeah. yeah, you're right on that. My, like, that Mastodon yeah. show, I had a buddy that went to the same show, sat yeah, like fourth row and got, I don't know how he scored these tickets, and it was at Red Rocks. Oh, because it was a single ticket and paid 90 bucks. Yeah. Well, Rock here's rolls. the problem with doing these shows like awesome. this, like the like they're bitching about the summer, these status or concerts. No, it might have been Jerry Cantrell. Is because Mastodon. they're afraid this is going to start being a thing with these big name artists, and that it's all going to be a selfie thing. It kind of died yeah. off with covid but yeah here's here's the crazy ass shit that went RoboTuner. i'd pay 60 bucks to see the cure fuck that here here you go here you go i'll go see the cure for 60 bucks that's no big deal to me they play for three hours and they only play yeah. great shit three hours show rule. it's a yeah. fucking great set it's a fucking cure dude and it's the cure here yeah. take my 60 bucks all fans. fucking day long is he upset about it I don't know. He put that in the room. I mean, oh. like that's not expensive to me. Yeah, it's not a lot. It's when you start breaking up. It's when you start breaking a bill. I'm starting like. Bro, I think I paid fifty or sixty bucks to see Converge one time. Really? It, I mean, it was that fucking studio at uh, Ec- what did they call yeah, it? Yeah, we Echo were there. Pa- Echo Hall, with Def Heaven. What was that forty? No, it was Neurosis in there. Oh no, yeah, oh with yeah, no, we that was forty bucks, fifty bucks, something like that. And um, next to the bomb factory, it's the studio, yeah, right? but at the time yeah, yeah. they were still yeah. calling Canton Hall. Yeah, same that was a loud there. show too. Uh, that was a good dude. The, the Neurosis, the sound, the mix in that room was fucking dog shit. But so the people that are are what's freaking what's causing issues with this the whole Taylor Swift thing is it's affecting Disney. How? So what they're saying is that the crowds are so much lower in 2023 than they were then in 2021 and 2022 uh, because people are spending their money. Instead of going they're to not going to Disneyland. Disney World on vacation. Yeah. They're spending their money to see Taylor well, Swift. Well, fuck, man. Disneyland's like five grand if you want to go. And God yeah. forbid you have fucking kids you're taking like, with Disney you. Disney can Jesus. handle the hit, bro. Yeah, they can definitely I mean, honestly, dude. I wonder if it's going to affect uh, sporting events. Like, if they're getting affected by that we'll type of thing. We'll see once NFL fires up. I mean, dude, yeah. like, on the verge of it. Economy shit, you raise the prices of everything. You raise the prices of touring generally. It's like my attitude towards this is the same as it's always been. When times have been good, times have been bad, fuck it. Like, you can pay $20 to go see fucking Frozen Soul, mm. fucking Gel, yeah. fucking Jesus Peace, fucking Zulu, fucking any of these bands. You can go and pay fucking 20 to $30 to see the best fucking bands that are going to be around while you're fucking alive pay the money to go see them dude yeah, yeah. like 
Fuck this shit. You can go to like instead of one big show, see dude, a bunch of really awesome shows. You can you can fucking pay a grand to go and see Taylor Swift one time in an uncomfortable auditorium in a seat too small for With you probably because you're a fat fucking American people Me. and it's a whole yeah. fucking bullshit of trying well, and to get it's in like, there. It's and cool. Do this I'm not like that. You know those shows can be fun. They're whatever. But it's like you know I went and saw the fucking Misfits. You know that was cool. But like, was it great? I had a great time. You had a great time, but was it a great show? I mean, they're fucking like 50-something-year-old, 60-something-year-old If you had a great dudes. time, it was a great show. There you go. Boom. Uh, but, no, no. I'm, I'm breaking the. It's as I'm good. breaking apart from Dude, how they had you Dave felt. Lombardo playing drums no, man, for them. It's as good as time, I ever expected it to be. You, Were the visuals great? great? Was the show actually great? Yeah. A great so. show to me is, I went and saw Pink Floyd at it. That's, Tech Stadium. that's that's different show. show. Like that's not what I expect out of the Misfits. They had a big pumpkin on stage. I'm happy. You that's know what it. I mean? Okay, you're good. No, okay. If you had a great time, it's a great show. They resurrected Lee Ving and brought him out on stage. I'm still trying you know? to find this new How release from Limp Biscuit. That? Dude, like every <laughs> time that I leave a show and I'm like, wow, I've, I've that seen was some terrible awesome. shows that were good. Shows. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. like, that was great. But that's also I'm I'm asking from a technical aspect. Was it a great show versus your opinion of having okay, fun like, seeing hearing songs? That's a those are two different things. Those are two different things. Those are the two different things I'm asking. Dude, I'm a punk fan. I'm a punk fan. I can watch a band go up there and bomb. That's not the question. Yeah, but that's not the that's not the thing we're talking about. That's not the question I'm asking. I asked if it was technically a good show. I think it was. It this. Was it technically a good show? Was so. it a good visually displayed show? What did they have fun? I wasn't there. I felt that it was good. I read reviews. Lighting and a was lot good. Of reviews the screens like, were. I mean, you know. I just, I just, I, I think, have a different. Man, did you guys yeah, say there your was expectations of that shit is, yeah, is, like, is plays a large role in what you think is good? Because like, yeah. I don't expect every band to fucking come out and be like. You know, Pink Tool Floyd. with a thousand, or like Tool with a thousand lasers, and because to me, Tool would be the most boring show I could go to. I don't give a everybody f- just stands there. Dude, what about I don't Pussifer, 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 that that's pretty. Fuck, that was, honestly, kind of fuck them too. But like, here's my <laughs> every Cooper, single person I know, everybody I know that goes and sees Tool, every big Tool fan, always says, "You got to see him live." Fucking incredible live! I've been listening to that band since I was eight years old. I don't give so a I, fuck about seeing I've them seen live. Them every time they've come to Fort Worth, dude, I'm a tool free. I do yeah, not. Baby. I can't imagine that it's worth the money. It's dudes standing in one spot, playing very precisely. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> you know what's fun? that does nothing. Now, hold for on, me. the last show we went to, <laughs> I saw Hall and Oates. It did a lot for me. Oh, Hall and Oates! I'd like to see Hall and Oates. Yeah. Oh, they were great. The yeah. last show we went to, I think we spent more time finding fuck ups than we did enjoying the show. Like right. we're like, well, why? Why are you going to show and nitpick it? Like just let them do the because thing. Because it's just tool, to enjoy like yourself. you just said. Well, but they are. That's their precision. whole bit, right? Is we're fucking the most yeah. precise prog band. But it's like, yeah, if you're playing fucking Melvin's riffs that are glorified for fucking twenty years, whatever. All right, so is that your description? So of here's tool? the deal. Yeah, it's, they ripped off the fucking Melvins and just made the songs longer. And that's if I can go tool. back to the whole thing with the Taylor Swift thing, <laughs> here are the numbers. Uh, Email on, deep red on that, not on, us. On March seventeenth, yeah, come at me. Taylor Swift started her Fight me. Euros tour. Yeah, Eras Eras tour. Euros. Euros. I saw, I they only Euros, paid her. In I've Euros. had a little bit to drink. Sorry. Her Eras tour. Her Eras tour. Her anus tour. Okay. We're all getting fighty, what? dude. At Disney, <laughs> yeah, talk about exactly. Disney. We get mad. Yeah, like, <laughs> at Disney World, before three seventeen, the twenty twenty three crowds were five percent lower. After March 17th, they were 25% lower. God damn. That's brutal. That's a hell of a jump. 
Well, but didn't uh, they? Wasn't their fucking hotel experience for the Star Wars thing like twelve grand or some shit? Yeah, like, and they like, still is, like, isn't it? No, they, oh, they, they shut it, it down. They shut it down. They shut it down. Shut who the fuck can pay for that? And like, why would you for a two day experience uh, where they have a drink that's hundred thousand? There's some cosplay YouTube player that went there like every weekend to walk through it. And you're just like, fuck you, bitch. Is that the one that had the write up in like Rolling Stone? Like everybody was freaking out about it. Yeah, they, they've already pulled the plug. They I mean, pulled the plug. They cool they concept, shut it down. but like, goddamn, dude. So the average cost of a fan attending the Eras concert tour was uh, $1,327. That's travel, outfit, ticket, merch, more, everything figured in. Outfit? Price. I love how outfits okay. included. If, that's Taylor Swift fans. Well, like, if, it's like a C ain't looking at your outfit. Is there a phone calling? That's what I keep uh, hearing. I keep hearing it, too. That's so weird. So no you idea. take that times 52 U.S. concerts... That have an average of fifty four thousand tickets sold, which is more here at the Death Star. That was like a hundred thousand tickets right, right. sold or whatever. But anyway, fifty two times fifty four times thirteen hundred and twenty seven dollars is three point seven billion. What? That's how much her tour is bringing in is three point seven yeah, billion dollars. Okay. Disney theme parks earn about twenty eight billion or earn twenty eight billion in twenty twenty two. They're seeing almost a forty percent disc uh, decrease this year. Yeah. After that tour started. Guys, save your money. Go see fucking hardcore bands. They're better. Go see cool bands in small venues Dude, that are before they Go see they fucking up. tribal gays. Wait, they wait. fucking rule. Our Just- friend uh, Johnny Govea uh, posted something in Facebook. He's like, you know, have you guys ever seen a band before they broke hey, it internationally really? famous? And I was yeah. like, I don't even want to start that list. I've seen a zillion bands hey, before I, they broke it famous. Hey, if I may famous. be like the devil's advocate here, I mean, if you shoot down big production stadium shows like that much, like if you if you really make it your ethos to fucking kill that thing, you're gonna lose a lot. Because I mean, like, let's like go back in time to like the seventies, the eighties, the nineties. I mean, stadium shows were a staple. I mean, my mom's first show was Led Zeppelin in a stadium. And how much did it cost? Okay, if you're calculating for inflation, I mean, probably about the same. I know I've got a ticket stub for Led Zeppelin at Tarrant County Convention Center when they came through, and it was four dollars. But here's here's my point. Here's my point. I mean, you can get nosebleed. I got nosebleed share tickets for $2. So, like, what I'm saying is, like, I don't want to kill stadium shows. I, I, and I think that there's something beautiful about stadium shows. And I, I think there's something moving. Like, the, the most moving shows I've ever Like, the most moving show I've ever seen was seeing The Who Turns 50 at American Airlines Center. That's what that show. That's and I, show. I left weeping. And I wasn't even a Who fan when I walked into that stadium. Really? Yeah. And, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, like, I just, you know, we might not be fans of Taylor Swift and we might be outraged by her ticket prices. And, and yeah, we're, but we also need to recognize that we're coming from a perspective of people who aren't Taylor Swift's fans. Like, she is arguably the biggest recording artist in the world today. And thank God we have. A recording artist that is that big in the world today that's writing real songs and working with bands like The National. Like, The National's my favorite band of all time, and The National's bassist is her producer. Like, and I'm I'm speaking from someone who couldn't give a flying rat's ass about Taylor Swift. But what I'm saying is, yes, her ticket prices are outrageous, but so are The Cures. But, and, no, The Cures weren't. 
period. But a lot of them were. The and cures weren't, and I'm going to be the devil's 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 advocate because I work for this corporation. Wait, is so, how much money goes to Ticketmaster Live Nation but, on top of hey, this shit? Hey, I'm not. I'm uh, look. I'm not trying to get yeah, into we're the. Not, we're not vouching I, for I'm, the company. I'm not. I'm not tickets. trying to get into the but nitty gritty. And I'm also. And I'm also not trying. Tours. That's but what dude, I'm. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also not trying to like. Support. I was trying to finish my whole spiel with the Eras Tour because that is part of what's adding up to this attack on Disney is how much Live Nation is sucking away from them. Out of that 3.6 billion, Live Nation has taken 1.8 on top of it. Doesn't shock me at all. That's ridiculous. It doesn't shock you, but and it shouldn't shock all of us. But that's the thing is, I never experienced the phase of time where they weren't a part of it, though. You know what I mean? Like my concert going experience since I was a kid. But I never been that not until lately have I had to pay fifty dollars of handling fees on top of a ticket. Totally. But I mean, but here's the reality: five or ten bucks, and now you're at the point to where. You know, you go to Lollapalooza's in the past. I went to every fucking Lollapalooza that was, was a like touring Lollapalooza. Yeah, and you, the most I ever spent was front row for Lollapalooza ninety one of them, seventy five bucks for front row. Yeah, and only ten bucks was handling fee to Ticketmaster. But now you're paying almost half the ticket, if not three quarters of the ticket. And handling fees yeah. and shit that goes to Ticketmaster Live Nation. Well, at a certain point, there's going to have to be some kind... And this is one of those things, again, where it's like you run into that funny thing with, like, you know, guys who have a fucking weird hard-on for capitalism in the worst senses of it, where it's like, does Ticketmaster provide enough of a service for me to where I think that they deserve that amount of money? Fuck no. But... The reality of the situation is that, like, you have a thing people are emotionally attached to, like Taylor Swift's music, right? Or like The Cure, or like fucking, we just had the Blink-182 show that came through. Like, people get emotionally attached to these things. They're going to pay the money if they have it, right? And even sometimes if they don't, they will find a way to fund figure it. Figure out a way to do it, but and then it just shoves you further into it. It does, but that's... I'm going to live on the street. Yeah, so but I that's... the Blink-182. But that's the thing that's fucked up, is I think that, like, the culture surrounding it is... It, it is a it's a double edged problem. You're not going to have an American, you know, stock traded company go, yeah, we're cool with cutting our profits in half by reducing this. There's no reason for them to do it if there's not a legal incentive and if people are still buying the tickets the until the artists they, drop out, the fans drop yeah. out from buying it, or the laws do something about it. It's a moot point. Well, even the law's arguing, not going to do anything matter. about it because they just tried to do it. Uh, what three months ago we reported on that they went to the whole uh, uh, Capitol Hill and everything about all that sure. and then the hidden fees and all that shit Biden just pushed that aside well dude and look at what the, they did to radio you were talking about radio earlier today yeah. like there used to be the laws that you could only earn own a certain number of radio stations per region yeah that doesn't they shot anymore. that killed that yeah clinton killed that and then after that it's like clear, clear channel, channel just started going nuts channel. right and so now that's when you're like hey why do i hear the same five songs every day well there's a real good fucking reason for that man. if i knew if i was going to see a band and i knew that 95 percent of the ticket value was going to that artist and they're on a they're on a giant stadium tour or reunion tour or arena tour or whatever if they're, and I knew that was going to them, I'd pay it straight up, no problem. Sure. But knowing that seventy five percent of the ticket is not going to them, and the only way they're making money is by merch. 
is no. bullshit. Well, and and the only one, wait, but that's but that's why the ticket prices are so high. It's because they've been bought out by these companies like Live Nation, right? That's what well, I'm they, saying. Hold on, that charge like that that take that amount of percentage. So that's what drives up ticket prices is so that the artist still gets paid something. But that's not how the numbers work. I work in that game, and I've seen all the charts and everything, and, and this is what this story is going to. They're not getting that. The artist isn't getting that. The artist is making money as a little bit off ticket sales because you still have to pay venue fee. You still have to pay production costs. You still have to pay yeah. everything up front. And so Live Nation, Nation when you listen to this, fucking we're mad. Deals. We're upset. No, we are mad. And... The, the problem is, is mad that as hell. After, we're not going to take it anymore. After COVID, no. We're after not COVID, take it. <laughs> they have almost tripled the cost of all your handling fees. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, because they're trying to make up money since then. And well, post COVID, I think COVID is like a weird cultural reset point too. And like this has been going on for a while, but there are things I'm worried about in terms of like general ownership of anything, right? Like right to repair laws. Your ownership of actual, like, if I buy a digital product of anything, right, like a video game or a movie or anything like that, you're not going to own shit. There's companies buying up all the homes, so we're not going to own that. There's fucking, we've talked about you that stream all your done. music. So to me, it's like, again, there is a certain point where until people collectively look at this problem and say, hey, I'm going to circumvent this by not providing my money to that, and I'm going to provide the money over here instead... The problem will not be solved because we do not live in a country that is going to regulate it. No. Period. And you have too many people who are going to vehemently argue against regulation against it because they're too fucking, you know, woo, it's freedom, it's capitalism, as you're getting fucked. Which, what's the point of that? Yeah. It's just... It's silly. It's a nightmare, and it's weird how it's starting to affect. But thank God we solved the problem here tonight. No, we didn't. Live Nation can hear it, hear my voice... And go fuck themselves with it. No, it's we perfect. Didn't. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't solve a goddamn. We thing. didn't solve a goddamn thing because Ticketmaster's still going to be Ticketmaster. It's okay, dude. What Pearl Jam fought, fought them in the '90s and nothing happened. And got fucked and got yeah, fucked. yeah. That tour got. fucked. All these up. other bands have tried to fight them and gotten fucked. So when we're They're playing Madison Square Garden, remember that Garden. <laughs> when we're playing Madison Square Garden, we all put me on the guest list. Fucking yeah, dude, gonna, done. Now what? Yeah, absolutely done. We just want uh, photo credentials. That's it. That's that's can I get how a, we get, can I get a beer ticket. Yeah, one beer ticket. One beer ticket. One beer ticket. But it's only Lone Star. So Jason Aldean. That's the catch. Video. <laughs> Which they magically Dude, now don't, sell. Let's not go. Let's, not going to that. let's not go to the Jason Aldean because uh, I have I have too much. I have too many comments about that we, fucking pussy. We've gone late. The only thing <laughs> I want to talk about is uh, well, there's two things. Uh, Oklahoma's building a 2.1 billion dollar theme park that's going to rival Disney. Well, aren't they building that's a Universal you Studios like in Plano? Frisco. Yeah, but it's for kids. That's what it's I. Remember, uh, it's got a Super Mario World. It ain't gonna be kids for long. I'm being that the bitch. Lake <laughs> they built a uh, Zelda Arkansas area. It's that's done. working on that. Really? I can't. No, it's all Mario. He right said now, that Disney's building a bunch up there. Well, Disney that's said a, they were they're, they're buying, buying a bunch of yeah. They're buying a bunch of land. I, ha- I bet it has to do with the same. Is it uh, Durant shit. East or it's, is it? It's northeast. It's going to compete with Branson and all. Branson. It's going to compete. Be called the Heartland. Okay. And it's supposed uh, but, to be as oh, big as Kid Rock will play there. Yeah. There's your now you'll have show. a good excuse to go to Oklahoma yeah. that isn't just to get through it. Or weed. Yeah, well, weed. If you have the card. And the only other thing is to just let people know 
Skinny Puppy are doing their final tour. Are they coming? DFW? They're doing their first time. Skinny Puppy? No. Have they announced the dates yet? They have. They're only doing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They're only doing ten shows on this final tour. And one is a small final tour. They're substantial live. In Dallas. I've heard that, yeah. At House of Blues. I'm in. Yep, I'm in. House of Blues is not something you want to support if you don't like Live Nations. <laughs> she makes a point. There. Just, just, yeah. uh, that is a good point. If you're, well, if you're super against Live Nations, but see the love, the love for a band is yeah. going to override yeah. your. I love to see Skinny Puppy. Yeah, yeah. I just override that. I see, but that's what's fucked up about it. Though. Yeah, your it. love of bands is going to fuck up your ethics. Which every is time what I that was shit. saying. That's what, I know, but that's she just made her argument. Luckily, these same tickets aren't even at these tickets. Full circle. But these aren't expensive. They're not expensive at all. Exactly. Cheap ass tickets. How much are the skinny they? Skinny puppies not getting paid. Have they been? Yeah, exactly. Bucks? It's the yeah. same Perfect. ratio. Thirty it's bucks, like, but you'll have a twenty dollar handling fee. So it's yeah. fifty bucks. 50? It's a fifty dollar ticket. See how I won? <laughs> you did win. I saw, I saw what you did. There's only yeah. one venue here, one major venue no, there's in, not. in North Texas. They could play another place. They could play American Airlines. They, they, are you talking about? No, there's skinny one puppy? major venue that is not a Live Nation venue in North Texas. Which one? Bomb Factory is not a Live Nation venue. It's not exclusively a Live Nation venue. They've done like for because for like Merciful Fate and shit. I think that was all like access exactly. AXS. And same with Beach House. Beach House was a Live Nation event. So no. they go back and forth exactly. on who's so not exclusive. But, so that's but the thing. a band like this that signs a three sixty deal, they are. But what I'm saying, if you is, sign a three sixty well, deal, you are the venue. <laughs> the only one that is not is the place in Grand Prix. I'm I'm going to be a hundred percent. You know, we were talking about like brutal honesty earlier. This is one of those conversations where I just, I like, I don't have a lot to add. This is one of those, like, I think it is. It sucks. Well, it my attitude sucks. towards it is, it is what it is. Me getting in any it way caring about it is, like, I'm going to end up paying the money if Iron Maiden comes to town. <laughs> yeah. I've, you know that's what I mean? That's the bad thing. That, that's but what that's, But that's us. how they know they get you, is, like, yeah. you give a shit about the band. You want to see fucked. the band. You're fucked. I mean, dude, everything in this world is fucking us. We've already kind of talked hey, about if slow dive I, comes I started by that and earlier. Like I was telling Scott, I fucking hate going. everything. Well, so yeah. I'm staring into the void always, we're the black that's void. It's where I feel comfortable. Is slow dive coming through? No, no. we're oh. we're being optimistic. The last <laughs> time we're going to open through. for them, they were Granada. I saw them. Y'all should. Was that the last time they came through? Was Granada? Yes. I did okay. not get to go to that. Other than that, it was down in Austin. I did get to see my bloody Valentine. Did they not play Fortress Fest? No, they did not. Fortress that was, was that canceled. was the other one you're, that they I were mentioning. I thought Slow Dive was the first they did year play. of Fortress Fest. Slow Dive played Fortress. Yeah, played Fortress Fest they were the very first year. But that was, that was before. That was absolutely before they played Granada. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I said before that, it was Fortress didn't. Fest, right? Uh, yeah. I didn't. Sorry. I they played that uh, island, that artsy island. Where I got paranoid because I thought the cops were coming after me after I smoked out the <laughs> the porta potty. What year is that? Twenty seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. We were so innocent happened. then, so young. That was so the young. first run the jewels year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That was and, a good time. Uh, Those first two run the jewels records are the shit. Mm. So good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's been good. 
It's been fun. Been good. I'm it's done. Been fun. I love I <laughs> the what I've heard of the of what you're putting out, man. Sounds fucking amazing. I'm glad you brought it. Leah. Yeah, it's great. Leah, thank you it's for showing fantastic. up. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Before we head out, I can show you guys at least one of the ones we got. from yeah. Jim back because we got finals back. I can't wait it. to hear and see the whole final the live package. Oh yeah, Russo said this is a big uh, a big uh, hog night. It's going to be helmet at Tannehill's big hog night. That will be a big hog night. Helmet in the stockyards. That's yeah. weird, but yeah, we'll go. Helmet fucking rules. 10, yeah. 14. I've never seen a helmet before. Me neither. <laughs> you it's a weird omission. Really? Never. Oh. <laughs> I, we, I was being facetious. Wait, didn't you go to the show them. with us? I think I've seen helmet one like more than any other band that's come we through. We were at the tree shows, right? Right. Yeah. Last time they came through, we were uh, all going nuts. What's the band you've know. seen the most often? Me? Most number of times, yeah. Have you seen Mastodon more than Metallica yet? Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Really? Mine's between That's Mastodon. awesome, because that... I've seen Black Rebel Motorcycle Club like six times. I've my, seen them my once, answer's better and I want to see them so bad again. Def Leppard. They're great. I mean, Eleven times. That's my favorite band since wow. I was in the fifth Eleven grade. times. Mine's either Mastodon. I love that band. That's Me cool. Or That's Metallica. Cool I've seen a lot. Well, they came, they played once. Austin. Um, I traveled to see them in Oklahoma I've seen Mastodon a lot. I only saw Mastodon the one time. I've seen Deftones a lot. I've seen Deftones a few. The last, the last time I saw Deftones, I went with my wife to the show at a. It was them and Gojira. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were, we, we were at. We bought those. We bought those seats pre-COVID, and I shelled out some pretty lighting, good money for those. Lighting was so cool. Speaking of which, if anybody ever like actually pays attention to this and like just wants to hear like songwriting shit, Box of Memories, the first song on the EP. That opening chord is forever the Deftones chord to me. It's just a be quiet yeah, drive yeah, chord. Yeah, the weird. Like that. Like if you're in drop D zero nine eleven kind of thing there. Mm-hmm. That move works every fucking time. Do it as frequently as you can. But I, I got super drunk as my wife was coming home because I knew we were we lived like five minutes from the pavilion. So I just got super drunk. We ended up in there. I was handing out nice shirts like they were fucking going out of style, dude. Just random guys in Gojira shirts from 2007. And I'm like, dude, sick shirt. It's real cool. <laughs> Saw him back at the Profit Bar, bro. You get him high yeah, five. Yeah, Way of All Flesh tour. Shit was yeah. sick. High five. You know, <laughs> and I'm, you know, just being that guy all night. But fuck, I love the Deftones. What's the one you've seen the most? Uh, I was trying to think. I it, it, I, Mastodon's got to be getting close now. I know I got you're... aged out of a Mastodon show when I was 14. I got really? Gypsy Tea yeah. Room. It was like. Around the time Leviathan had come out, I was super into like them and High on Fire just had Black Bless Black Wings come out and all that, and I was getting super into that shit in Genghis Tron. I got fucking, Ooh, dude, Genghis I got Tron. I got underaged on yeah, a fucking Macedon show, High on Fire show, a Genghis Tron show, all during like my favorite periods of all those bands, and I'm fucking still mad uh, about you're it. You're youngin', a youngin'. I was appreciate appreciate that youngst. Mastodon, huh? That youth. It's gone now, bro. The youngst youth. I need to start adding those up then. Yeah. It was either Pantera for a while, but uh, the most is Nine Inch Nails. No I went on Pantera, t- brother? I went on tour with them. So. Terror! I've seen Terror pretty a lot, but I think Mastodon and Metallica are probably the two. Oh, for oh, Dillinger. Bands gone on tour with I've seen Dillinger Jezebel. a few I've times. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Gene Dillinger and Jezebel like, like 80 times. There you go. Freaking 31 times. Yeah. Uh, then when I was at the when I was working at the radio station, I saw Seven Dust like sixty five times, or the Toadies. Oh, that's mm. another one I've seen a lot. But of. I don't count them. Why? 
I don't know because I saw them because like, you hate every Todd now. Fucking <laughs> weekend when I was a kid. Local bands. Like every, I've seen that's what I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't count. There you go. I don't count. Here, yeah. let me throw the me things in there. Like I don't count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Local, I, local. Well, okay. Let's count. let's change it. Non non regional bands and purely international four thousand BX so nine tour of the world bands. Does Pantera Team count? Pantera well. does count. Okay. So it's, it's either Terror always counts. It's either I know it's Nine Inch Nails is number one, but Pantera, shoo, shoo. Pantera or Mastodon are number two. What about Metallica? You've seen them a few times, haven't you? Uh, like eight or nine, ten Fuck times. Talent, what do you brother. think? How many times do you think you've seen Mastodon? At least fifteen to sixteen times. What about Damn. Nine Inch Nails? I, I know that for sure. At least fifteen, twenty-nine times. Oh, twenty-nine. So Nine yeah, Inch Nails wild. is it then. Yeah, that's that's the, that's, that's the band you've no seen the most. One. Yeah, okay. I've gotten to see Nine Inch Nails once. Me too, one and time. it was fucking incredible. I loved it. I, that's a dude. That's a fucking huge formative band. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I basically, I don't. Know, we're pretty much timing it right. No, it's okay. Well, it's a podcast. It's not like we're on a network. <laughs> I mean, up. the British will get freaked out about this on Radio One, but they'll 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 I've got it off. Fine, but. Uh, <laughs> So my dad had done one of those on like the BBC buy, remember those buy twelve CDs for a penny things. Oh yeah, yeah. My dad fucking Columbia did one of those things. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm still but, got one in collections. Well, he just he just bought like my dad bought all the shit that was like popular at a particular period of time that he hadn't listened to. That he was just like, yeah, I've heard you know this white zombie, Allison Chains, Nine Inch Nails. So in he just base. bought all these CDs, never listened to them, and just left them in a pile in a shoebox. So I fucking went through the shoeboxes one day and found a stack. And all in one day at like nine years old, I got Dirt. I got Nirvana's Nevermind. I <laughs> so got great. Pretty so Hate Machine. Great. I got Lost Exorcisto. So I had the most mind-bending day of my life. Yeah. Listening to like Bad Motor Finger. Fucking just like. Yeah. Because prior to that, I'd been listening to like Smash Mouth. So you, been crowded. Do you, you remember I mean? so how like, your head felt when you walked away from that? Dude, it was because literally the entire day was just going. I love that you were into Smash Mouth. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, I was fucking an eight-year-old living in Crowley, Texas with yeah. no internet and no reference, like no family members right. that were older. Did you so. feel like your world opened up? It f- and you definitely. felt like, like your brain just yeah, yeah. Like, was like half broken. but your world Well, because you know it was a weird thing? It was like listening to music that you would hear on the radio and you could identify with certain parts of it where you were like, Oh, I really like that. Like you would hear a riff that was like in like a pop band or something, but it was like slightly heavy. Like, or there would be like one kind of chunkier part to like a pop song or something. And you would feel yourself going like, Oh, that's cool. I wish there was a band that did that all the time. And then you hear fucking like damn that river for the first time. And you're like, Holy shit. They do it the whole time. So that's kind of my thing. It's like, it was learning that you could fucking just, you know, be a good band for the entire three minutes as opposed to just ten seconds. Well, that's what Meow Wolf feels like. Tight. Yeah. Just like you did that. Like an orgasm. And now, over and over and over And again. now it's all tied together. You guys have orgasms? Rarely. I'm sorry? <laughs> Rarely. Rarely. We in the tree of trust here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. Y'all's wives are in closer proximity. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all the time. All right. So this fall. Perfect. We'll He's be like, looking you for guys something. Shut up now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we'll be looking for live shows. Yep. Coming up. That's coming. Pretty quick. Not so Russo's birthday. We. Not Russo's birthday. God but we are That's we are Russo doing we are doing something not deep red related, but something cool for Russo's birthday. Awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Russo's going to come in the week of his birthday. We we talked about this this week. Fucking love that guy. We're going to have a pre-birthday birthday celebration of Russo's birthday. Yeah, that's it's the an best way to do it. Birthday, birthday. Yeah, like in you have to get him to cook for you at some point. Yeah, if he hasn't already. Is All he right. a chef yet? Do what? I feel like he should be he a fucking chef. Fucking should be, dude. He should bring. Us He's going to be the first food. chef that has gets a what is it? A good year, like Michelin star. Right? Yeah, Michelin. That good dude year. randomly. <laughs> you watch the bear. How do you not know what this yes, is? Yes, chef. You've been to Michelin yes, restaurants. Chef. Yeah. You've been to Michelin restaurants. You've had Michelin <laughs> I, beer from a Michelin restaurant. I think he's going to be the first one that gets one of those without being a chef. It's very possible. Yeah. Just like yes, chef. I'm a drummer. Yes, and chef. I have, I'm a, I'm a three star. Uh, he's Michelin actually Dallas's best drummer as voted yes, by chef. Dallas 2019. If he won a Michelin star, it. which would he brag about more? Being Dallas' best drummer or best having drummer. a Michelin? He'd do star? it both at once. Best drummer. Yeah, I'd, I think He'd it would just become a longer once. sentence. Yeah, longer sentence. You know what I mean? Or he would make business cards and just start handing them out to people to save his breath. <laughs> you know, it would say Nick Russo, and then in very small letters, Dallas's best drummer. Dallas Observer Best Drummer 2019 Michelin Star Rated Chef. Chef. Yeah. I think that would be the move. All right. If everybody wanted to find out where y'all are, where you at? We are on Instagram under Deep Red Band. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Facebook if you're 80. You know, I love Facebook. I know, because you're 80. You listen to old people shit. Why, do, why, does, every, why, does, that, why does that happen? What does what happen? Ageism? I mean, why is ageism happening with Facebook? I love why Facebook. are you aging? Safe? Because I fear, I fear death. Age gets me closer to death, so I make fun of her for being an old person with her taste. I love Facebook. God, Leah, you're so yeah. old. But I love Facebook, too. Ancient. It still works. Ancient Honestly, fuck. if we didn't have the stupid podcast, though, I'd probably be off of it. But No, I love Facebook. I've got my clan of Yacht Rock. I have, I have an RPG video game group that I just torment every once in a while with bad yeah, takes. No, there are great things about <laughs> Facebook, man. Final Fantasy 13 is good. Fuck you guys. Okay? You're going to have to deal with that. I didn't think we attacked that yet. <laughs> nah, we were too busy with Live Nation, bro. Yep. All right, we're out of here. <laughs> good night. Thanks for having us. Night. Thank you. Night.